Just a friendly reminder that the opinions expressed on this show are not worth a Canadian penny, so disregard anything you hear that might get anyone in trouble. And despite some of the great ideas you may hear, don't try them at home. Go to friend's house instead. Everybody, welcome to episode 345 for Slam Fire Radio for March 11th, 2020. I'm one of your hosts, Kelly Lynn. I think that's me. I'm Adriel. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Trevor. <laughs> and I'm Ian. Hey, we have a newbie on the show. Hi, Ian. Hey, how you doing? Yeah. If people don't know you, you're the guy from the Pepper Podcast. Yeah, I, I, I once uh, once in a while I tend to do two podcasts a week. One's a Canadian Pepper podcast, the other one's a Canadian Patriot podcast. So right. do your intro that you would do on both of those for us. Well, let's see here. My name is Ian. I'm a hobby farmer and preparedness artist on Vancouver Island. <laughs> <laughs> and the other one, I think I say pretty much just a uh, hobby farmer. My farm's designated handyman. Yes. Yeah. Right. That's the most recent one. Yeah. And you're on the show because the world is ending as we know it. Not, right. if, you have, not if you have toilet paper. Oh, yeah. I've got, a, I've got a hand and I've got running water. <laughs> <laughs> no? For now. For, For now. now. Best thing ever. Don't buy the, don't buy toilet paper. Buy the, you know, kids what wipes for the bum. Why don't you just go to the dollar store and get some rags and then just wash them off after you're done. Yeah, but you you're need de- more water. Oh. I plan yeah. on going full cannibal and just, you know, uh, uh, laying siege to my neighborhood. So I'm, I'm not preparing anything. Okay. So, okay. Oh, hello. You can that'll contribute that to the main topic then. So, Adriel, how are you going to get ready? By eating one neighbor at a time. That's my meal plan. That's right, day right, one. Man. It's like, oh, man, everyone, you got to be, you got to watch out for this COVID thing. You got to stay inside. And be like, nope, I'm eating everyone. So... <laughs> That's that's how this is gonna play out. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I've already got my recipes. I've I've stockpiled yeah. barbecue sauce, not toilet paper. Oh, that's a good idea. Don't they, just call it, <laughs> they just call it long pork down in New Guinea and stuff like that. Yeah. Like they just say it kind of looks tastes like. I got a couple of extra barbecue tanks. I got hmm. some. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I so think. I guess. I guess Ian, you're you're here tonight to talk with Kelly and I mostly. Because uh, <laughs> my plans rock solid. I, I need no advice from any experts. Yeah, no, you're fine. You just start drinking, and we'll, well carry on. I mean, really, if you start attacking those people, there, there's going to be no food in their house because it'll be like knee high in toilet paper, but no food. So they'll have the cleanest right. buttholes ever on their emaciated corpses. That's kind of the way it's going to be. Right. Well, I, I told love it. you made I, I that been... point. On this week's show, Ian, um, what's the point of paper if you have no food to use the paper? You can't poop if you don't eat. You mm-hmm. can't eat the toilet paper, though. Mm-hmm. I suppose it'd be like self-cleaning. Yep, from the inside. Oh, yeah. yeah. I put a message out to everybody. They're welcome over to my house. They have to bring guns, ammo, and one roll of toilet paper, as well as snacks. But the snacks have to be keto. That's it. So, And beer. Wow. Beer no good. one comes here. Anyone who no. approaches this place gets whacked. <laughs> Yeah, I went to Costco and got the proper thing to get at Costco. Like, <laughs> Are they any good? They are he's awesome. Up, I love those. He's holding up a big jar of pork rinds, and I've been getting pork rinds lately. And, man, i got to sit there with pork rinds in one hand and Frank's Red Hot in the other. I just can't can stand I, the smell of them, the flavor, the texture. 
Can I see what you actually have again? Hold them up again because you put them down as soon as I turned over. Okay. Yeah, I was wondering about those ones because those are available on Amazon. But the ones that I like from down in the States, you can't order them. You have to actually go and buy them. So what are those like? They smell really bad in, in a big jar like that because the jar oh, yeah. like concentrates the smell. So like a little yeah. bag of pork rinds, not bad. I find those big jars. You can you can get a big whiff of that stuff. So it's not just me. They stink. It's almost like the uh, the uh, darker ones have bore taint on them or something. And then they, uh, I don't know, but they, they seem to work out well. Everything from... The cheese the ones, that comes to Costco works. Yeah, the ones that are good are the ones that actually still have a little bit of oil in them, a little soaked in it. Because the ones that are in that dry, you know, the ones that Trevor you had recently, they're like yeah, eating dust. Yeah, it's, they really are. Gross. So we yeah. should talk about guns. Use them. Oh, what? We should talk about guns on this show. <laughs> yeah, because it's going to be a long show anyways, so we should probably get to it. But what type of pork rinds are they? I just want to make sure that everybody knows. <laughs> they're called. The uh, UTZ. Okay. Brands. All right, everybody, go shopping for those, and they're available on Amazon as well, and not just uh, and you can go ahead and get them at Costco as well. So, what we did in guns? Let's talk about that. What we did in guns this week is brought to you by the Calgary Shooting Center. It's Canada's premier firearms retailer, and there's a bunch of stuff that's going on sale right now. So, uh, no, oh, it's nothing actually goes on sale. Course, course These are courses. Yeah. 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 So there's a whole bunch of courses that are um, that we put up. Uh, why don't you actually go to the overview and in the shooting center because what they have is the dynamic carbine course. They have a range safety trauma course, which is actually excellent. Everybody should go and do that. That's going to be in April. May is again, going to be dynamic pistol, dynamic pistol, carbine, et cetera, et cetera. It's throughout the whole entire year. Prerequisite for uh, um, some of them is uh, dynamic pistol one. Um, you need to actually take that in order to take number two. Two, I believe. Yeah. Which so there's only level two for the pistol. Carbine mm-hmm. is level one. Shotgun is level one. Um, there's oh, yeah, a level shotgun two. There too. Yeah. So the first one, your entry into any of them is dynamic pistol one. You can't take the shotgun. You can't take the rifle until you've taken dynamic pistol one. And obviously you can't take dynamic pistol two until you've taken dynamic pistol one. So the first one there are the first dynamic pistol is offered on may 9th and 10th so get into that and then everything else is after that except for the carbine that's for people that took dynamic pistol last year okay do you know how do you know spots and costs at all no as you said go to the website and uh it's shootingcenter.com forward slash training forward slash overview and the prices and stuff is there for signing up fantastic so you have to take the dynamic pistol one and for some of them or most of them yeah, all right. for all of them except for one. There's no prereq for one. Mm. Also for the training safe, the uh, trauma course. Imagine uh, it that. says all mm-hmm. others require dynamic pistol one. So I don't okay. know if that applies to the trauma class or not. I wouldn't think so because there's no shooting. But don't take our word for it. Contact them. And contact it. them. But they're doing courses. All right. So Trevor, why don't you tell us what you did in guns this week? Sure. Um, I bought another Nylon 66. I got my hands Ooh. this time. Shout out to Ben. Ben found me in another gun. Spends all of his time at work looking for ways to spend my money on the internet. He's living vicariously, I think. Does he work for the government? No, he actually has a job. <laughs> he, um, Yeah, he works for a living. And um, yeah, he found me in Apache Black Nylon 66. Nice. That's the last. last one needed to have one in every color. But of course, I want one in every color from both U.S. and Canada. I doubt that's going to happen. I'm going to put a huge spending freeze on here if things uh, pan out with that um, 
UNB thing that I posted on Facebook the other day. Okay. So that was actually um, my first gun. Oh, really? Yep. Nice. Yeah. It is a black nylon 66. And the funny thing is we put probably about 30,000 plus rounds through it and never uh, wore out the receiver, which is amazing considering what the receiver is made out of. Right. Yep. Yeah. It's, it really is. Yeah. The only metal parts in the gun are the bolt and the barrel. Uh, so that'll be here on Friday. It's in excellent shape. I'm pretty excited. And then I went to Fredericton to help, uh, one of the Ipsic guys down there, Mark set up his new Dylan 750. So the Dylan full size progressive presses that do both rifle and pistol are the 550, the 650. And then it used to be the 1050, but now they have one in between the 650 and the 1050. It's called the 750. So it's essentially to make it very simple. It is a Dylan 650 with a Dylan 550 primer feed system. That's the simplest way to describe it. And it works really, really well. Um, so, yeah, we set that up and got him going, and he loaded up a bunch of 9 mil. And then later on that night at Filthy's place, we unsuccessfully tried to install. Oh, man. Remind me at the end of the show to send you guys pictures in our private conversation about the abortion of a setup we had going for this or did i send them already it involved barrel clamps yeah no anyway no so um but now everybody's going to be messaging you wanting pictures right he brought over just his upper so we could try and install a barrel on it Mm -hmm. um when we finally compensated for the fact that filthy isn't a real man and doesn't own a vice oh my yeah right throw down clamps c clamps yeah, I got yeah, a vice. Yeah, actually, yeah, I got a vice too. You got a vice, Ian. You got a vice. Oh yeah, um, Adriel, vice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. You don't even have a workshop in your house the way that Filthy does. He's got a workshop. He's got a bench. You got no vice to put on the bench. It's anyway. So, um, yeah, we we C uh, clamps. You're right, Adriel. We overcame. We adapted. We overcame. We took the uh, vice block that the upper goes into that should go into the vice. Was why it's called a vice block. And we C-clamped it to the side of the bench. Mm-hmm. And then we were able to get in there. Of course, uh, Filthy's Squire was there, Fred, and he's a mechanic for a living. He brought in a torque wrench. They so just happened to have a torque wrench in his car. And I mean like a real torque wrench. Um, we started to uh, get things going and discovered that the barrel extension had come loose. That's off the barrel? Off the barrel, and yeah. what kind of barrel was it? It was a, actually a takeoff from an MMP. Weird. MMP factory barrel. Yeah. Hmm. So we took it to the guy um, who built my grand, the gunsmith out there in Fredericton, who built my first grand. And um, he he messed with it a little bit while we were there, but there was too many of us there, and I wouldn't stop. I was like a squirrel in his workshop. Oh, this is new, and this is new, and what's this? And can we see this? And let's go look at some guns. and. Finally, when we got out of his hair, he got the job. He got the job done before the day was over. So I'm not sure how exactly he did it because it's quite a process. Those things are torqued on, and then the feed ramps are cut, and then the indicator pin or locator pin that locks it into mm-hmm. the uppers is installed, and then the gas port is drilled, and all this has to be timed and lined up correctly, right? So that was a problem. I got the barrel on tight, but then looked, and it's an A2 front sight gas block. And the uh, pins that hold it on are tapered. And the holes that are drilled into the bottom of the barrel, like the scallops that the pins go in, was off to the side, Hmm. canted. 
not clocked. It's like not timed. I was like, Oh, we got an issue here. And then Fred grabs it and he starts moving the barrel and the uh, barrel extension with his hand. So yeah, the barrel extension oh. for those non AR aficionados out there who haven't built one before, when you get an AR 15 barrel, it's actually in two pieces. There's the barrel. And then there's the barrel extension that goes on the back right over the chamber. And that is what allows you to put it into the upper and then it's screwed in place depending on the kind of whatever kind of uh, barrel nut that you use. So the barrel extension is what uh, aligns it into the upper and there's feed ramps that are cut into it and stuff. And they're not supposed yeah. to come apart. They are not when supposed to come apart. When you buy a barrel, it always comes with an extension. They're together and you're not supposed to have to take it off or do anything to it. If you do, it takes some very specialized tools to put it back on. Like you got to be basically a place that makes AR barrels and can put them on because they're timed, right? And I mean, they're torqued to like 180 foot pounds or some such thing there. I don't quote me on that number, but anyway, it was quite a process. And uh, um, Fred taught me something that I, I probably already knew, but forgot that I knew. You know, the front sight was on the barrel. I'm like, well, I can't get the gas block on. With the, with the, uh, I can't get the barrel on with the gas block on without the gas tube in it. So I've got to take the front sight off, put the gas tube in, put it back on. And Fred's like, no, man, you don't. Like you just, you just bring it in through the receiver and then into the gas block and then pin it in place. Like, and then when you got to, you know, if you want to take the barrel off, it comes off. What's it? anyway? It's like, well, if I do that, how am I supposed to? The reason why, yeah, I had to tighten down the barrel nut first. So the gas block is there. If I put the if I put the um, if I leave the front sight gas block on the barrel, mm -hmm. and I bring the gas tube through the receiver and into the gas block and pin it, how am I supposed to tighten the barrel nut? So when the um, yeah, it's okay if it's after the fact and the barrel nut's already been on and tightened. You can remove the gas block, then take off the barrel nut. Sorry. If the gas tube is already into the gas block and the barrel nut has already been torqued down and then you want to take it apart without removing the front gas block sight, then you can drift the pin and back it into the receiver and take it out. Then you can remove your, your barrel nut. But in this case... Why are you guys using a front sight tower? That's what was on the barrel and that's what he wanted. Uh, like just get rid, get rid of that and move on. Well, that's I don't know, he bought that. That's what he wanted, man. I don't know. I don't like those either. But anyway, because those, um, yes. those low profile gas blocks, like you're you're gonna go over that anyways when you get it. Does he have like a, a non free float handguard as well? Right, he had that kind of handguard set up. Ugh. So Ugh. yeah, yeah. You, yes. can get a, you can get a Chinese free float forearm for like twenty bucks, and it makes a difference. You rest that thing on a, on a barrier or something like that. Your shots are going somewhere else. There's a reason why they came out with free float, right? So mm -hmm. you're uh, writing down the time so you can go take that bomb out. Yep. Good for you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> anyway, now, now that I'm thinking about it, um, Fred was Fred was really was was right. Once we got the barrel nut on, I could have put the gas tube in after the fact once it was timed. But anyway, right. so um, we took a trip. Uh, yeah, okay, we did that. Went to the gunsmith. Uh, he fixed the barrel. And then I went out to the gun dealer to pick up a pallet of clays for my club. Um, <clears throat> so, and then on the way home from the gun dealer, we found a, a spot and down a dirt road somewhere where we could test fire my, uh, the very, um, the second nylon 66 I got. 
I brought down some uh, rifles because we were supposed to go to the range, but I was too much of a pansy to walk like two kilometers in with a heavy gun case. Pansy or was drinking till four and was too hungover to do it. You, uh, you decide. I Kelly's picked not a lot of yeah, yeah. 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 <clears throat> so second one. Yeah. It was the second one indeed. <laughs> so anyway, um, I wanted to test fire my Mohawk Brown nylon 66 and I wanted to test fire my Savage 64 B. The nylon 66 ran like a champ and the, the uh, Savage B, uh, well, let's just say I bought a new magazine on Monday morning. It's a Savage 64. <laughs> That's like, that's no no <laughs> oh really are they all that bad because i couldn't get two two more than two rounds in a row like the magazine is, yeah. a, is a big problem with them but uh reliability is not great in savage 64s yeah i'm yeah neither is accuracy some... and they're kind of yeah. ugly and the fit's not that great and but they are very yeah, cheap they are paying the yeah they're very yeah. inexpensive what were mm. you using for ammo I don't know, Kelly. I got a, I got a bunch of junk that's laying around. So well, you know, that's another issue. But yeah, all right. I mean, you're saying I should try it with something like um, reliable? Yes. Like suggestion. I'm listening. I don't know CCI. Yeah, like standard or high velocity. High velocity. High velocity usually. Yeah. Okay. Like, like, all right. Like I'll try the 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 mini mags are probably like the most reliable high velocity yeah. ammo you and the cheapest. Get. Reliable uh, and cheapest. Yeah. Okay. That's it's what pretty I'll do high then. quality some... stuff, though. But I don't think it's going to solve your issue. I think you're like getting a new mag is probably a good idea, uh, and then new mag and mini and and mini mags. Yeah. Yep. And do. then what I get, I live with. Yep. Cool. That's all for me. Excellent, Adriel. You're up. I'm up. All right. I went shooting in the cold. Really cold. <laughs> cold and snow. I went shooting the uh, the Tokarevs. Did some cool, that was like awesome double handed cowboy stuff. Loaded up the mags yeah. and threw an extra round into the chamber, so I got to do two uh, ten in each. Uh, I uh, produced the video on the ammo and posted that on YouTube, and then I just produced a video on the Norinco JW twenty and posted that yeah. on YouTube as well. I went really far in depth with that thing, but I was looking around at like the other videos for it. And they're just like not as comprehensive, and I, I I kept running into problems where like oh, none of these other videos covered this thing. So I thought I, I would make the video that that covered all those things. Uh, I want to show you guys just one thing about this, and and okay. uh, as I'm not trying to nerd out about a, a Chinese uh, Norinco because uh, who cares? But I just love the I love the I love one thing about this design: the, the compactness of the receiver. And uh, I think one of the cooler things about this is. Just how toolless and how easy like the stuff comes apart. There's oh, wow. there's the the entire operating mechanism right there, and it's just so simple. That's bolt, hammer. Uh, no, no, sorry, no hammer. Striker, uh, trigger group. The whole shebang is uh, is right there, and it just comes out of the gun like that. So, in terms easy. of like speed to get a bolt out, that is fast. That's faster than probably any of those other the other. Uh, uh, semi-auto 22s that I have. Even that uh, uh, Savage with the fancy dust cover thing. Yeah. Anyways. It's almost like, like the Uzi of uh, 22s there. Like There's only like a couple parts there. And it's all hand. You can do it all by hand, right? There's uh, there's one yeah. screw in the forend that you can take out. Everything else is like hand or like a loony or something like that. Is, it, is everything all included and is, is it easy? Like, not included, but is everything all in, you know, encased and is it easy to get to to clean? Because if you got Everything. So you have the bolt so close to the trigger group. 
Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's all there. You could pull it, pull it off. And I mean, you can pull it off. Yeah. Okay. Just, you can take it right apart. It's very simple, extremely simple. I mean, it's an old design, right? And yeah. uh, you can kind of see that and how it's built. Cool. Uh, I thought that was cool. Uh, yeah. And then, you know, I've been looking in my, in my safe and in, in my, uh, my parts bin and I have uh, a mag, like one of these uh, 308 or 65 Creedmoor mags. And I've got this like fancy trigger that's just been sitting around. You're uh, selling them, aren't you? No, I bought a, a rifle. <laughs> I went the You're other halfway way. through a build, buddy. Way. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm, I'm already halfway You're through the sell. build. And, uh, wow. Yeah, no. So uh, uh, last week I was drooling over that uh, uh, Maple Ridge Armory uh, Matrix oh, yeah. Aerospace build. They had a, a 6.5. The thing is, so I started looking at the parts that they that they included in there. They sell that barrel on its own for 450 bucks. Yeah. They sell the forend on its own for 350 bucks. The stock is a name brand stock. The grip, that the everything is like name brand, either Maple Ridge Armory or some other brand out there. So a lot of the times when you buy like a, a factory produced rifle, it's got basic stuff on it. The stock is like just a crappy uh mill spec stock. They expect you to throw it out, so it, it's not a good one, anyways, right? Whereas like everything I looked at this is like, yep, 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 yep. Comes with a crappy trigger. I don't care. I got this fancy thing off the side. Doesn't come with mags. <laughs> I got mags coming out my ears. So, uh, so I ordered one of those from maybe you had to, I think if you didn't, you know what, your, your, your thing would fall off. Well, I've, I've been looking at like the, the stag tens I've been looked like I had a, a BCL, um, and I've been looking at some of the other, uh, guns in that, uh, AR 10 ish style, uh, the Matrix Defense one that Iron Guns was bringing in was ten and a half pounds dry, which is which is pretty heavy. I think they were running like a pretty thick barrel on that thing, and the Maple Ridge one said it was eight and a half pounds. I was like, oh, that is more my speed. Comes with a nice break. Oh, everything, everything I'd want. So I, I literally, I'm gonna put a trigger on. I, one thing I haven't figured out is what I'm gonna do for a scope. If I'm gonna go to like a three to nine or like a one to six or what I'm gonna do there open for suggestions if anyone listening uh has an idea as to there's a deal out there that i need to jump on for a scope uh i'm all ears sorry what what, what are the prerequisites i'm gonna use it for hunting deer and coyotes three to nine uh you want three to nine something around there yeah we got a beautiful yeah. loophole at the shop right now that's three to nine mm-hmm. it's like it's like cross it's it's loopholed but it's like vortex crossfire pricing it's I have, under I have like really? a, 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 an unnatural aversion to loophole for some reason. They were just what? like really behind the times for a long time. And uh, <sighs> how just dare not you <laughs> fight about this too. <laughs> yeah. There's only two scopes, man. Loophole and vortex. Mm-hmm. Everything else is a sham. Nikon and uh, Nikon. And, uh Yeah. There's some other stuff. Stop with there. that yeah. night yeah. force yeah. stuff. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Yeah, and now tell me what you're looking for because we got scopes at the shop, cheap, three to nine, three to nine, like a and remember four hundred dollar one. You get a discount because he's a sponsor of the show mm. on in stock items. Mm, mm. Good to know. Yes, good to know. I'll have to think about that. Yeah, I, I haven't even thought about what scope. I was literally just thinking today. It's like oh, I was like rooting around looking for a scope, and like I got scopes, but like they're not. They're not quite the right fit for this thing. I got it in 6.5 Creedmoor because that's a better caliber than 308. And uh, uh, now I need call- to. 
Yeah, why don't we actually ask um, Ryan McLean, or we can ask. Um, well, I'm looking for something around the four or five hundred dollar mark, and I'm probably going to use okay. it to hunt deer and well, we, right. maybe shoot targets. Maybe shoot targets. We've yeah. we've got a uh, Vortex Diamondback, but it's the um, the big one. It's not the four sixteen. It's the other one. This what is six to twenty four by fifty? Oh, that's yeah. a lot. That's probably more mm. than I need. A, a six to well, twenty about... is probably more All than right. I need. All right. A four, so the to, other... a four to twelve would be fine. Yeah. The other suggestion is who is it that's on gun nuts that that sells the refurbs? Oh, uh, um, River Profit River. Profit River. Yeah. Check out and see what yeah, they have see on if, sale. See if they've got anything. Yep. Yeah. The other thing I've got to watch for now is six five Creedmoor deals. I think Tenda had a deal with S and B, uh, one forty grain six five Creedmoor two hundred bucks for two hundred rounds. If they do that again, I'm hopping on that because that's a, so, that's a smoking deal for that stuff. When are you starting to grow your hair? <laughs> I need the man. I can grow the hair at the back a little bit, but I, I still think like instead of a man bun, it's just going to be a bald spot right there. I need like I need the stick on man bun with the suction cup right up here. <laughs> the, the ponytails. <laughs> they just smoke way more weed. Uh, yeah, there's just there's a lot of missing things here. I'm I'm just not doing it. I'm just lumberjack. I'm not, I'm not living up to the six five Creedmoor. <sighs> I don't even okay. I don't even have a flannel shirt that I can t- I can wear. Serious? Pathetic, absolutely pathetic. <clears throat> Did you see that news story about the hipster that was upset that someone used a picture of him in an in a article that said all hipsters look the same, and then he later found out it wasn't actually him. It wasn't a picture of him, yeah. Oh, yeah. that's so good, so good. But uh, yeah, so I'm gonna have a I'm gonna have a pretty nice rifle, I think, after I'm done because I'm gonna have a, a amazing trigger, amazing barrel. It's all gonna be good. It's all gonna be good. I'm gonna go crank some deer and coyotes and uh, whatever else gets in my way that I got a license for. Possibly neighbors. I never know. I mean, if, if I'm hungry and there's a there's a travel ban on because of coronavirus, zombie apocalypse. Zombie apocalypse. Zombie apocalypse. Well, they're not reanimating yet. I mean, give right. it time. But anyway. Ian, you might appreciate this story. I'm not going to say why. I've always said if I go down in a plane crash, I'm not going to wait until we're out of food. I'm eating a pilot. I'm setting a tone on day one. I'm they like, got us. They got us into this mess. Yep. You know, it's only fair they go first, right? Right. I'm starting with a pilot. Like in the movie Alive, exactly it took like it months before they got to the pilot. And he was like, I'm starting with the pilot. I'm like, dude, that would have been like the first three, maybe three hours and 15 minutes. I'd be eating a pilot. Just putting that out there. If ever you're traveling with me, keep that in mind. Got to maintain your strength right off the bat, right? Right off the Otherwise. bat. That's how you maintain your supremacy. That's right. <laughs> Yeah, that's it for me. How about uh, how about you? Go, uh, yeah, no, go no. with. Uh, why does it say Jonesy? Ian. Yeah. Ian. yeah, well, that works too. Um, yeah. So, anyways, <laughs> uh, for myself, so of the last seven days, I think I've been on the road for five of them for work. So, uh, I'm a little bit of disadvantage, but that's okay. So, just before we left, the wife told me uh, in her own little preparedness mind, she said, "You know what? The lead smelters are all in China now, except for like a couple secondary ones in Canada. The U.S. doesn't have any lead smelters. We should probably get some projectiles. I'm like, I agree. So uh, we went and got a few thousand projectiles, which was great. Um, they, so I took delivery of those. Uh, they showed up actually while I was gone. Let's see here. So I did some reloadings before I left. When I got back here, I took possession of a made-in-China extended magwell for my Glock, like uh, like a flare magwell. 
Still yeah. there? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Just told me to wait a sec there. And uh, I fit like a glove and made it of the finest Chinesium, but uh, I did let it sit for a few days just to make sure that anything that was maybe sitting on it died. Um, let's see here. <laughs> just in case. I also, just in case. Uh, off another podcaster, actually, I bought this uh, beautiful Ruger SR1911. Ooh. With Magpul grips. Yes. So what I start, it started out uh, with my little obsession with 1911s. I started off with Narenkos. And of course, we talked about lipstick on a pig on this show before, haven't we? Mm-hmm. And then so I worked my way up to a Shooter's Arm man- Manufacturing 1911, which was a commander size. I didn't really like that one that much, uh, but it was smooth. And so I just sold that one and I, I got this one. And it was, uh, it's been fantastic. Like I haven't taken it to the range yet, but I stripped it down. I'll hold it up again. Yeah. Keep pulling up while you're talking about it. I want to check it out. Carry on. Yeah, so I stripped it down. Uh, everything got a Manny dot? Yeah, it's got a... Uh, oh, no. Okay. It's got a uh, fiber optic on it. Front, yeah. Yeah. And let's see here. It's uh, the, just the three-dot side otherwise. And other than that, uh, it came with uh, three Chip McCormick 10-rounders, and it okay. came with the uh, the Ruger 7 and 8-round uh, that come with... So the it was a 45. That answers that question. Yep. And fantastic gun. Uh, let's see what else I do. I took possession of a group purchase that we did for an MDT chassis. So I got my uh, LSS chassis. Nice. Because uh, I've never shot beyond like 350 yards, really, uh, on a regular basis. So I thought I'd get into the long distance stuff. Cool. So we started talking about that a couple episodes ago on Patriot there. And uh, yeah, so that showed up. And I got actually an offer from a listener to uh, take me out long distance shooting. Sweet. So uh, Tony up in Campbell River, there's a 600-yard uh, range up there. So he's going to take me up there and kind of get me started. and. We'll take, see how that obsession goes. You should put a rifle in that chassis before you go. Yeah, it'll work. Well, better. yeah, see, here it is, waiting to go, but it's just, uh, I need a couple screws done here, and I didn't have time, I ran out of time before the show started to do it, so. Anyway, so what was that you just flashed us? That was a Remington 700 SD, or AAC SD, mm, in, nice. in 308, mm-hmm. so, nice big heavy barrel on it. Um, it's what I have, you know, same thing with the, uh, the caliber. Yeah. Good. It's not a it's not a hipster caliber, but it nope. the uh, it is a Vortex Diamondback. It's a four to twelve by forty two. There you go. Three to twelve by forty two. Sorry. And uh, let's see here. What else did you do in the guns this week? That's pretty much it, I think. I've uh, like I said, I've only been home for a solid day now, and uh, but I'll be home for the next three weeks, so it should get better as time goes on. Yay! So I'm going to take over then. Uh, what I did in guns this week on Saturday. Yeah, it was Saturday afternoon. I went to FRPC. We did another um, Ipsic style shooting. We just, a bunch of us got together cool. uh, in the indoor range. Uh, we brought it, somebody new to the range as well, somebody brand new, basically. Um, and she's a fantastic shot. So, um, had lots of fun. I tried my Caesar Shadow. Fantastic. Love it. And um, yeah, so I signed up for the Black Badge course uh, because of it. It was, it was lots of fun. Um, got rid of that uh, 124 grain um, X metal, which I was having issues with um, prior to that. I just shot through everything. It was great for doing um, remedials. For, yep. <laughs> um, and then I tried out that Max Tech Max Tech that I bought, uh, the 9mm 1. Yeah, it's a 115 grain. Uh, Shadow loves it. Had no problems with it. Uh, I was expecting problems with it because it is. Um, it, it's not going to. So it's inexpensive. Yeah, it was like 160 bucks for like, I think a thousand. So. Can I give you my theory on your X metal problems? Yeah, the, go ahead. The bullet ogive on those is a little bit long, and I had issues uh, running those in my shadow as well. 
Okay. Even, that even might, my yeah. reloads, I couldn't get the bullet seated deep enough to run in what, a match uh, chamber. What what uh, weight were they, Kelly? 124. 124, yeah. The 124 is typically, if they're not loaded too long, run good in those guns. The 125, Usually. though, yeah. 125 is very bulbous. It's almost round nose. Like, yeah. And that one is a, is a bitch. You can't load it short enough. So, the 124 should have been running. That, the 124, that whole entire batch that uh, SFRC had, it, they were getting complaints about it. So it mm. wasn't it wasn't just my shadow. Everybody was having issues with it. So I did have some 147 grain, which was running flawlessly through it, but I had gone through all of that. So I switched over to the 124, was having problems with it, and then I just wanted to get rid of it. And then I went to that Max Tech that I had bought a bunch of it. So I wanted to see how that was running. It was fantastic but i'm not going to be able to use it um in ipsic because it's not going to make power factor so how do you know you chronographed it i i I, I was power factor with that same stuff yeah yeah Yeah, i was told i wouldn't make it so you you were told you wouldn't make it yes i was told i would and i believe i believe uh, adriel i didn't i didn't make power factor with that not even close what was it the x tech the, the max, max tech it's max like a tech. it's a steel case round with a 115 grain bullet it's yep. a, got a step down case inside so it looks real weird oh 115 yeah it does yeah. it doesn't it when you pick up the the casings it looks it looks weird it's got weird. a decline. yeah 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 so the other thing i did was today i went out and uh i bought a membership at the kingston trap and ski club because I'm going to be going on Wednesdays now. And I brought out that new 28 gauge that I have and it ran fantastic. Love it. Fits perfectly. Shot it. I shot a um, round of skeet and um, yeah. So did better than last time I was there. Didn't do great. I only got eight clays, but I have problems with, I wasn't getting any coaching with respect to leads and, and holdovers or, holds um but um once i started to figure it out i ended on a high note where i got all four um all four of the clays so it was fantastic i loved it and we're gonna go again and again and again until i get really good at it so jelly does your um your eye and your hand dominance match yeah they do you're lucky yeah the problem one of the one of the weird things about it is um for somebody who's a rifle shooter you it's it's kind of hard to actually watch the clay and then also where the the front bead so yeah pistol shooter hit. front sight front sight front sight front pick sight. up a shotgun oh, clay, 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 clay. so counter like you know yep. what i mean anyways yep. so i was getting the hang of it and i was also getting a hang of the leads by the end of it so it was i said you know what i'm gonna like this and i really 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 like the 28 gauge it fits me perfect so and it's also going to be really expensive so i did buy half a case of 28 gauge and it cost me 60 bucks so that's five five cases of or five boxes literally that's the price yeah yeah so it's going to cost me a little bit on to shoot it especially since i now love my um love my um shotgun and i bought a membership so yeah. that means I have to go. Yeah. You know. You'll shoot like, what, 50, 100 rounds every time you head out? Oof. Yeah. No, really? No, two, probably two rounds. Two rounds of Two to three, yeah, I would think so. Two, yeah. yeah, that's two rounds. Two to four boxes of ammo. You're going to blow like, what, 40 bucks in, in ammo? Who cares? Yeah. Somebody yes. there, Kelly, is reloading 28 gauge. You just got to find them and 
buy reloads from them or get them to get you started and teach you how to do it. Yep. So, yeah, that's about it. I, I'm done with um, guns this week, other than doing a lot of stuff with Maple Seed. We're starting out with Ladies' Days as well, talking to people about that. Toronto Sportsman Show is coming up as well and uh, planning for that. And hello. <laughs> How are you doing there? Don't mind Ian. He's just going for a walk. Okay. Uh, Adriel, did you want to talk about uh, in the coming events, the um, the Chaz event that's uh, coming up? Oh, yeah. We've got... Oh, I'll, well, I'll, yeah. Leave me a spot. Okay. I'll leave it for there. Yeah. Okay. So let's go into upcoming events. Uh, I'm going to start with uh, TACCOM uh, 2020. Uh, TACCOM 2020 is going to be uh, September 11th to the 13th. It's the Canadian Pro Gun Podcasters Network, and we'll be in attendance. So uh, come on over and see us. Uh, we'll be on hand throughout the show. Um, so you can stop by the booth. You can meet some of your favorite podcasters, pick up some swag, etc. Uh, Ian, you're going to be there, right? Absolutely, I will. Fantastic. You can stop by and see um, Ian as well. Or you can drop by while we're doing our special live broadcast where we'll be uh, talking to the event organizers. We're going to be speaking to um, our guest speakers and also our vendors that are going to be there. We're going to be talking to them about the new and must-have products. Okay, so right now there's early bird tickets that are on sale. You click on the link and uh, the link that we provide is actually the one on our social media pages. Click on that because we get a little bit of a kickback from it. It is... Uh, once you click on the link, uh, type in early bird 15 off and you'll get uh, 15% off your tickets uh, right now. Now, those uh, that discount is only until the end of the month, March 31st. And after that, it's full price. So you have to do that before then. Okay. Trevor, why don't you talk about the 10th annual podcasters charity shoot? There's been an update on that. Absolutely. Registration is live. As we Yay. speak right now, we have 15 people registered since uh, this afternoon. So the 10th annual Podcast Network Charity Shoot will take place at the Rescuers Gun Club that's in Balmoral, New Brunswick on Saturday, the 4th of July. Registration and payment are, are now open through Practice Score. There are no walk-ons. You need to register ahead of time through Practice Score. That's your only way of attending the event. Pre-registration is mandatory. The event will be a mini steel challenge match. A 22 pistol, uh, you can use 22 pistol, 22 rifle, PCC, or handgun. There'll be a half around a trap, 12 rounds, and one self-serve pistol baby set up all day for you to plink on and just hang out if you have no interest in the steel challenge or in the trap. Also, I need to backtrack here and clarify. Regardless of whether you're shooting or not, but you want to attend the event and come hang out, donate to charity you need to still go through practice score there's an option when you register on practice score that says i'm not shooting the steel challenge go in select that pay your money and show up and then you can shoot the trap trap registration will occur on site the plinking bay is will be an arrow there you just go there and do your thing on your own time at your leisure all day smoke in the water will be providing lunch that will require cash, so bring folding money for that. Um, a prize table will be a raffle like all the other charity shoots. You buy raffle tickets, you drop them in the cups of the prizes you want to win, so bring cash for that. And um, when it comes to trap, you have a choice. You can bring your own ammo. If you do, that's to be number seven and a half or eight, or you can buy a box from the club. There's an extra cost for that. It's $8 a box, so bring cash for that. This year's charity 
is the Rod Harkwell Memorial Fund. So Rodney Harkwell was a member of the community that the gun club is associated with, the town of Dalhousie specifically. And the fund is intended to benefit sick or injured, injured children in the Restigus region. This includes expenses incurred by families of sick or injured children um, for medical treatment, testing equipment, or related travel expenses. You can check out the um, charity and uh, the story of Rod at rodharkwellmemorial.com forward slash Rod hyphen Harkwell fund. So get out there and register. You know, if you, uh, we often get asked, I'd like to make a donation, but I have no intention of, of, of attending the event. It's easier than ever now. Yep. Go on practice score, use your credit card, pay the $25 registration fee, select I'm not shooting the steel challenge, and then just don't show up. Wish us well. So donating is easier than ever. You can donate or you can attend. It's up to you. So um, please it's time to start registering and or donating to the charity. So head on over to practice score. Um, Adriel will do the magic thing with the internet and post links, or you do that thing. I suggest last week where you knock on Kelly's door and she hands you a piece of paper. No. Yeah. yeah. And I've already given Gilbert your address. So what could go wrong? <laughs> I remembered his name this week. You know what? Thanks. I appreciate it. I'll get pictures. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, why don't uh, I throw it over to Adriel? Adriel, why don't you talk about the maple seed that's going to be happening at Chaz at the end of the month? Yeah, so we've uh, we've scheduled out a lot of our Chaz at, at Chaz and and uh, a lot of our Alberta events actually uh, with maple seed. Uh, they're going out with their respective ranges, and they're going to be posted. Or actually, they have been posted uh, for uh, uh, maple seed members. We've got a, a match coming up at uh, March twenty eighth. Uh, that one, it's. Uh, I think uh, people might be scared because it, it might be a little bit cold, uh, and uh, it might be. The historical average is right around six for for that day. Uh, but uh, if you feel like braving the uh, the potential cold and just layering up, uh, we're going to have a, a maple seed on March twenty eighth, and uh, that should be showing up on uh, Project Maple Seeds website shortly. Yeah, it's already up, and. Uh... We've also sent it out to the public as well, and we posted it in various groups. So just click on that link, and you can attend the event. It's fantastic. We're going to get started! Yay, everybody! As soon as I it's moving. as soon as as soon as I shared it on various links, people were going, "Well, when are you having them in this area? When are you having this area?" I'm going. <laughs> Don't worry, it's coming. Don't worry, it's coming. But this is just one. It's so close, and uh, we still have some spots left. So we want to actually, we want to sell it out. Uh, some of the other ones that have been released, uh, we're releasing the first to the um, the clubs, and then the clubs have a chance to to fill them with members, and then we'll release it to the public. Uh, but some of the ones that we've already released, uh, they're they actually are are um, uh, they there's. A few that still have spots, so we'll release those to the public. But this one in particular, get in because you might not get into the other ones that are happening a little bit later in the year. So just saying. Do it. Uh, also, I just want to talk about the EOSC CCFR Ladies Day. Just again, Saturday, July 25th is the date for that. It's a save the date. We don't have the registration for it yet, but we have. I uh, just want to let everybody know that we part partnered, I can't talk tonight, with Vortex Canada, and they're going to be supplying some of the ammo and also the guns there, so that's fantastic. We have uh, we're got some great giveaways, like fantastic. I love them. We're, we're getting hats. Fantastic. We're also going to be supporting a local group, a 
Breast Cancer Action Ottawa is going to be receiving all the funds. It's a fundraiser, so they're going to be receiving all the funds from that day's shooting. So if you know any ladies uh, that want to try out shooting, have never shot before, or if maybe they have shot before and they just want to try out other different types of things, because we're going to have some demos as well, IPSC. I think we're doing Cowboy Action as well as some other things too. So come on by, sign up for it, save the date. When it's released, we'll be promoting it all over the place as well. All right. What else do we got going on here? Uh, in the news, let's uh, move on to that. Adriel, you've put this in. Yeah, I don't know if it's I don't know if it's newsworthy, but uh, I just thought it was kind of funny. Uh, this uh, uh, Aussie New South Wales uh, minister <laughs> is uh, is potentially going to get some uh, criminal charges. He was he was at a range shooting a full auto MP5, which okay. is okay everywhere else. So you don't have to have the licensing for the thing to just be able to shoot it at, at a range, but. Uh, apparently in Australia you do, and uh, so not just anyone can just pick up one of these guns and shoot it. Even if they have more basic licensing, you have to have the licensing for the thing for that uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for that specific thing. Yep. Yep. Okay, so he's in trouble. Yeah. Uh, what party is he from? Do you know? No, I don't know. And and uh, again, it was just a quick little thing that I saw pop up that uh, I thought might be interesting. Uh, I clicked I on the link. You have to subscribe to it. Oh, you didn't have I to mean, before. <laughs> it's it's like I don't mind that they want to eat their own, but it just goes to show the ridiculousness of how far they've taken their gun control. Yeah, when you're he, under the when you're under the um, observation of a police officer firing their duty weapon at a range in a safe manner, and it's like well, <laughs> facing criminal charges for that. That seems really silly to me. Oh, I missed the part where he's the New South Wales police minister. Mm-hmm. 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 So he's actually a police officer. He was shooting a gun, but he's not licensed to own it. So he's going to possibly be charged. Yeah. This... Well, I, I don't think you have to be a police officer to be the police minister. Yes. Oh, there you That's go. Okay. Politician. Good point. Good point. Hey, you don't have to do it here either. Still no. completely ridiculous. <laughs> yes. Just, just like just like our current health minister was a graphic designer before she took the job. So. Uh, yeah. Cool. Yeah. So right. we're gonna, <laughs> yeah. Mm. Okay, new gun stuff. Uh, the last of the Type eighty ones are here, and uh, that's it. Uh, the manufacturer is permanently shutting down production, so there won't be any more uh, coming into Canada. So if you really wanted one of those, uh, get one, or else you'll have to get them used later. Uh, they're right around nine hundred bucks, thousand bucks, something like that. Yeah. Go Big Tactical is bringing in the new March 4 to 42 by 56. This might as well be what people were recommending to me on Facebook. On Facebook, I'm like, what can I get for four or 500 bucks? And people were recommending like the PM2 and <laughs> LCAN and, and a bunch of stuff that wasn't that price. Uh, the, the March 4 to 42 by 56 is $5,103. The March 4 to 42 by 52 is 6925 And that's Go Big Tactical. So, if you're really into your uh, precision shooting, this might mean something to you. Uh, and I put it in for you. It doesn't mean anything to me. It's yeah. He's not. That's not within the five hundred dollar range. No, no. It's it's a little bit above. No. Yeah, a little bit. Just a bit. Little, little bit. Speaking All of right. little, uh, yes. Tenda is uh, and there's uh, these are showing up with other manuf- uh, other retailers as well. But Tenda's got these mini twenty two Mosins made by Keystone. Tenda's are yeah. four ninety nine. I saw a couple of other places selling them for a lot more. Okay. Uh, and they're like, they're a baby little 22 single shot, uh, that looks like a Mosin. That is really cute. Isn't that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. They really look really nice. They're not practical. Like, practically no. speaking, $500 for a single shot 22 is uh, $400 too much. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Especially but, you get a real Mosin for way about half that if you really tried. So Yeah. yeah. yeah you can get a real Mosin. You probably wouldn't want to have your kids shooting it, though, because. <laughs> generally not. <laughs> no, generally not. Uh, and they look really cool. So that's, that's one thing. Um, and th- this other one, I didn't even know this was a thing. So you guys have heard of the DP-12, right? Double barrel mm-hmm. pump action shotgun. Uh, yep. There is a Turkish knockoff of that thing. Uh, Wanstalls is bringing it in for a lot cheaper. It's uh, it's eleven hundred bucks, and uh, it's from Hunt Group. It's the MH12, <laughs> and it's a double barrel uh, pump shotgun. Yeah. More sure. awful. Mm. Mm. It comes Same with thing. ten chokes. <laughs> well, it's double barrel. It's, you need five chokes for each barrel, right? Five chokes for each barrel. Yeah, yes. twelve plus two. Oh man, somebody's so, gonna buy it. My beef with this is the same beef I have with Keltex, where they're sandwiched together like a toy gun. Two plastic clamshell oh, yeah. halves that go together, and in between is a bunch of pins and springs and screws and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it looks like a toy, and it's is complicated to take apart and put together as a toy um so it's very very reminiscent of a Keltec and just yeah not for me thanks indeed yeah I, I, i'm not gonna go. it, it, it is a uh what would you call it maybe not a toy but like a showpiece or like a weird oddity it's not it's a... yeah it's i would say it's something that's a novelty mm-hmm uh, and then this other one, you know, I was talking about a bunch of the different uh, NR AR-10s and AR-15s that, that we're getting last week. Uh, yep. This week, uh, I didn't see this one, but I just found it when I was looking on Maple Ridge Armory's website. Again, it's Maple Seed Armory's. Yeah, they have a or BCL, Maple Ridge, sorry. They, they have a BCL Mark VII build kit uh, in mm-hmm. 6.5 or 308, mm-hmm. but it comes with way better stuff. So my issue with with uh, uh, just a straight-up BCL 102 for 1200 bucks is that... You're getting a BCL barrel in the fore end. I prefer a nicer fore end and that kind of thing. This thing comes with uh, their X1 match barrel and mm-hmm. the X1 uh, M-Lock handguard. Both of those are like top shelf components. It doesn't come with a BCG. At least I don't think I see one on the uh, on the specs page here. Maybe it does. No, uh, and it doesn't come with a trigger, um, which is probably actually a good thing because who needs a trigger one? On, I, I, I consider like AR-10s and AR-15s you should always just get an aftermarket trigger anyway. So, no, no, you get, you get the receiver set that's Cerakoted. You get the barrel, you get the mm-hmm. handguard, mm-hmm. you get the defiant break and you get the pincer gas block, gas block, stainless steel gas tube, an A2 grip for 1200 bucks, $1,200. Then you just drop in what, a trigger group. I wonder and what you... the completed cost would be. BCG. Cause I didn't check if they have a BCG. Like you can get a BCG for 150 bucks. If you, if you really, Oh yeah. Around. You can get yeah. a cheap one out of Cabela's or out of, uh, sorry. Um, Brownells. Brownells. Yeah. 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 Um, the completed rifle with these parts is only eight and a half pounds. Yep. Yeah, yeah. They were saying that about their last build too. That I wonder if this one uses the, cause Maple Ridge Armory was making uppers for, the uh, uh, Matrix and the BCL. I wonder if this one's going to use their their upper that they're making, or if it's just a BCL upper. Uh, it said so right there. I think it's BCL. Mm, I see. Yeah. Anyways, it's a that's a killer price for for one of these things. Uh, and that's uh, that's it for new gun stuff. 
Sweet. Okay. So why don't we get into the main topic? Our main topic this uh, this evening, well, one of them anyways, is we're going to be talking about uh, basically the end of the world. Um. <laughs> At this point, yes. Andrew, can, like you, can you cut in that song? It's the end of the world as we know it. We know it. Oh, we got to pay some, some uh, royalties here. Don't even sing more than that. Or okay. it's the final countdown. I like that one too. I love that one. You're <laughs> Cypress Hill when the when the shit goes down. Oh, that's yeah. right. Huh? Oh, it's a good one too. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So we're going to be talking about prepping. We have an expert on it. Ian's here. So <laughs> Ian, there's been a lot of things been going on, and uh, what should we be doing? What should we be stocking up on? Food. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Lots kind of our friends. No, uh, so basically, <laughs> I've been I've been going on with a few friends about this. It's not the actual virus that everybody should really be concerned about because the you know between the death rate and the fact that you might not get it, and eighty yeah. percent of people aren't even showing symptoms and everything else. Um, it's the supply chain issues, and <laughs> as we can see, the economic spinoff issues. Um, because as a general rule, people love to panic, and we just saw how the stock market's an emotionally driven creature right there. So I mean. The business fundamentals didn't change last week, yet the stock market took a plunge. That's a problem, number one. Mm-hmm. But uh, right now, there's actually a news article I was going to put in my next week's show about how 85% of the cargo traffic from China has finally stopped because it takes a few weeks for the boats to cross the ocean. They've been in quarantine for a few weeks. Nobody's working in factories. So now you had no cargo ships leaving the, the harbor. And um, yeah, so now all of a sudden, the ships now are in Vancouver Harbor are not showing up. People aren't getting the supplies. So Canadian Tire, Walmart, all the places that rely on their Chinese imports um, and an amazing amount of food actually does come from China, whether it be garlic or, or canned goods or everything else. Um, obviously a lot of, uh, rice from Asia, but, uh, imitation honey. Yeah. Everything else, all sorts of, uh, plastic rice. No, <laughs> no, there's uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's a big problem. So there's going to be some supply chain issues down the road, but prescription drugs are a huge one because, uh, yeah, the ch- generic drugs are made in China. And even India picks up the slack that China doesn't make, but they get all their active pharmaceutical ingredients from China. Yeah. So because the factories aren't producing the APIs for the pharmaceuticals, India can't make them either. So it's not like India is going to save the day. So yeah, if you have a medic- medical condition that requires medication, I'd get like a 90-day supply while you can. Um, although I've had a couple of friends anecdotally tell me that they've already been turned down when they're asking. So that's a, that's a problem already. Uh, but yeah, so I think a lot of people aren't seeing the, the bigger picture in the fact that down the road here, food is going to be an issue more than anything else. And since toilet paper is made in Canada, <laughs> I don't recommend people go storming Costco for the toilet paper. Although that did happen but here locally. Yeah, I know. It's why, I, okay, there's no issues. You're not going to have the shits. So no, cor- coronavirus does not cause the, the, the shits. So, yeah, I don't know what they're thinking. But I think they're probably thinking this is the one thing they can't live without. But besides food, water, shelter, clothing, means of self-defense. And the so flag, how much are you going to the washroom if you need like 40 <sighs> rolls of toilet paper for two weeks? Yeah, and if you actually map it out, you actually don't use a whole lot when you think no, about it. No. And so, but so uh, Ian, let's get into the kind of foods that we should be buying. I bring yeah. this up because um, Christina has uh, been fairly supportive of my uh, quasi-pepper lifestyle, and she refers to my cold storage downstairs as the bomb shelter, and uh, she's... Um, on board right now like we're gonna get cans of gas for the generator well we already have them but we're gonna get some fresh stuff and um some more water reserves and uh small bills cash and small bills not something that we ever keep in the house but we'll keep some this time around just in case um but i looked at her list and she had a bunch of um 
food that could be frozen. And so I suggested if this was January, I would be all about buying food that's frozen because I can store it outside and it's still secure, even though it's outside. If, if things really got squirrely and the power went down, right. And we didn't have a second location to go to, we'd have to stay here. Okay. I got no electricity. My freezer downstairs has got huge, um, four liter ice jugs in there. So the, that will help basically turn my cool, my freezer into a cooler. It'll help keep the things in there frozen a day or two longer than it would without. And then I could just simply put stuff outside. So I told her, I said, uh, consider canned food because the canned food, one, we don't need to worry about freezing it. And mm -hmm. two, the shelf life is going to be so much better. What's your opinion on that? Oh, absolutely. hundred percent agree with that. Uh, shelf stable items that don't require refrigeration. And the reason behind that is not just extreme paranoia on my part or anything else. It's uh, the fact is that, you know, you're going to have somebody that might just have the sniffles. They're going to be told to stay home. And if yeah. they happen to work at a power plant, that's a problem. And then you're also going to have the human nature aspect where other guys are afraid to get sick. So they won't show up to work and right. maybe power plant employees or, you know, gas employees that work at the natural gas plant or anything else. So I think uh, I don't think you're going to see a long-term power edge, but I think you'll see sporadic ones and you don't want to have the power go out for three or four days and lose everything in that freezer because, mm -hmm. you know, unless you want to have a jack backup generator and carry like a, you know, 55 gallon drum of fuel back there to, to keep it running, you know, for mm -hmm. the odd power outage and stuff. I don't yeah. think we're going to see a Mad Max scenario on this one. Oh, and you're breaking my heart. Yeah. We'll get no, to you. I've no got the silver <laughs> spray paint saved up. That's the one thing I'm stocking is silver spray paint. <laughs> Really? I yeah, you gotta you. like, you gotta do the part. Like, I got you wear your gants. Oh, I thought it'd be the leather. Spray paint the... your whole body in silver, and uh, <laughs> it's frightening for people. Okay. He's not wrong. But yeah, he's, <laughs> he's not wrong. He's got a point. Yeah. The other thing too about canned food, Ian, is um, if you don't have access to a camping stove, a barbecue, you're gonna need uh, it. You know, you buy a bag of frozen broccoli. It's not going to be very palatable. A lot of canned food needs to be warmed up, but let's face it. You can eat it out of the can. Yeah. And yep. you can eat uh, rice uh, as it is too. You just throw rice in a pot of water, leave it overnight and it self cooks. Cold, cold it soak it. Yeah. yeah. Um, actually, my wife used to do overnight oats as well as a kid. Same idea. Yep. I had no idea. This is yeah, why you're you on. Yeah. So cold you don't oats. actually need heat, but you have, if you have a wood stove, I mean, you're in New Brunswick. I'm sure a lot of the houses around there have wood stoves. So, I mean, yeah, you can use that as a secondary cooking thing. So you're telling me to take over a home with a wood stove. Check yeah. next. Just, just, just saying, <laughs> but be prepared to use like a, almost like a quart a week type of thing to keep warm and cook. So of course. Yeah. 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 No, uh, we have, um, what we did was when well, we bought this place because it didn't have a wood stove, my last two places did. Um, we bought a 10,000 watt generator and had a panel put in just for the generator. So just roll the generator outside, turn it on, plug it into the plug outside and it's secure. It's in a secure location. And, as long as I have fuel and oil, I can keep it going. I just, I just have to find someone else who has that setup. <laughs> and hope they're not armed with teeth like I am. No, we and have a the the generator. Or, or ah. if they're painted silver to read to read fire back or anything else. <laughs> okay. the, the only problem is, Trevor, before I finish, uh, before I forget, yeah. uh, if you're back feeding the generator into the into the lines, yeah. like do you have a do you have a cutoff switch for your house? Or no, no you... this has been professionally installed. Oh, by, okay, uh, good. Yeah, That's it good. has its own panel. Yeah, okay, because I was going to say, if you're backfeeding it, you could actually damage no, power no. workers if you're not careful. No, so. no, no, no. It's it's all professionally done with the proper switches so that you can't pump electricity out into the grid. Okay, perfect. 
So one of the things that I like about Trevor's idea of canned foods is the fact that it's already got moisture or whatever in it. Because you were saying like rice or whatever, you can soak it overnight. But I would rather not take the water that I have and use it for cooking or what have you. So um, what's your recommendations with respect to how much water you should be keeping? Well, excluding cooking, washing, and uh, you know anything else I want to do with it. And pets. And pets. Yeah, uh, exactly. Basically, you should plan for a gallon a day per person. It's a okay. uh, gallon. It's, we're not, listen, we're not in England. All sorry. right. How about 3.8 liters? 3.8 liters. I read recently, liters. you remember a couple of years ago, that 72-hour kit the government was pushing? Yeah. So I bought that, and Christina was going through the manual in there the other day. I never bought to look at it. Their recommendation was two liters per person per day. Does that sound light to you, Ian? Hello? There we go. You Still there? It. Yeah, we could. Yeah. yeah, we're still here. Yeah. Yeah, I think two, you could do two liters a day. It's just like it's the difference between. Where do we go now? Uh, he might be. No, I'm still here. Okay. He's in the bunker. So yeah, Ian, no, what yeah. I read was the government of Canada recommended in that 72-hour kit that I got two liters per person per day. Adriel's thinking, okay, do you think that's light? That's that's really light. Um, really, that doesn't take into account cooking. That says two liters is what you need to drink to survive for hydration okay. purposes only. All right. So, uh, but when you think about it, like everything from cooking, doing dishes, everything else, you're going to use at least another two liters a day. Um, and again, the 72 hour kit's a bit of a misnomer too, because I mean, the government can't get anything done in 72 hours. You know, no, that, that kit was a joke. It had yeah. a ball of twine and a deck of cards, right? So yeah, they're not going to come to your rescue in 72 hours and save the day. So you do obviously no, no, no. for a lot yeah. longer than that. Yeah. So, um, Let's talk about storing water. There's a couple of different ways to get water. If you live on a property with a well, you're laughing. If you don't, um, and one is none. And I'm down, you know, I don't have a purification system. I don't have a secondary source. I don't have, uh, that's, water is my weak spot. What I do have though is 100 liters in 10 liter jugs that are square and stackable. And if I had to leave, I could very easily take some with me in the truck. Um, it has an expiration date on it, but I was told by Owen years ago on uh, Slam Fire here when we had a prepping episode, the water is, is it will be fine if it was good when it was stored. Yeah, I mean, it, it's pretty hard to uh, have water go bad on you. It might taste a little bit stale or tepid, I guess is the best term, yeah, but you. you just give it a little shake, uh, reoxygenate the water, and it's fine. Okay, so don't worry about it. Nope. um I reorganized it the other day based on date and I put the oldest stuff at the front, the newest stuff in the back. And as the same as my gunpowder, when I buy it, I date it and I put the newest stuff at the back. So the old stuff comes up to the front and I use the oldest stuff first. So I'm doing the same with my water. Um, they were saying don't store water for more than a year in this guide. I uh, just, if it was good going in, it's going to stay good, right? Yeah, you would think so. And I mean, there is actually some water storage techniques you can use. Uh, obviously, uh, leach, uh, a very, very low dilution. Uh, you could actually use like an um, activated oxygen, like liquid oxygen, as they call it, basically. And it's uh, something you can throw in the, wa- the water there as well. But honestly, just plain old tap water will do, especially if it's chlorinated. Um, be more than fine. Yeah. But honestly, uh, yeah, secondary source. I mean, anything from like, you know, water Snow. out of a river nearby or anything. Does anybody got... Anything like that? Like he said, when you, I think Trevor, you said you had a well, right? No, 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 no. That's what I'm saying. I don't have any of that anymore. I got, uh, a, I got a bunch of snow in my backyard. <laughs> just, just avoid the yellow stuff. You'll be fine. Yeah. yeah. Boil it. 
And a river. Uh, during the Y2K scare, my, my plan was to drive home to the old farmhouse. And my rationale was people lived in the farmhouse before the technology of Y2K, before electricity. It's 150 years old. Had a root cellar, had a wood stove, had a well. That was my plan was to go there. And he froze on us again. I got no internet in BC or yeah. what? I don't know. Yeah. So we've already had almost like a prep for this when we had um, a few years ago here in, in my area, we had the ice storm where all, where people were without power for up to five weeks. And then we also had um, uh, after that, we had the, where the whole Eastern, actually you probably were affected by it too, Trevor, where the Eastern Canada and the U S uh, a squirrel fried one of the, things down the US and we didn't have any power for I think it was actually close to four days and then we had roving brownouts as well so during that time um, things like freezers we got into the whole thing with respect to every all of our uh, stuff that was in the freezer having to use a barbecue um, and just basically going oh, through okay. all of our emergency storage what you just gave me something else to add to the list going to make sure my propane tank is full Okay. So, yeah. Uh, so that's what some people were doing. Uh, Ian was talking about a generator. Um, when we had those, that ice storm, um, people were bringing the generator in the house. Don't do that. Um, and it, it caused issues, obviously, uh, carbon monoxide poisoning um, and that. Well, so right now... Darwin doing his work. Yeah, right now, um, I could probably go without heat here because we were in a little bit warmer temperatures. But Adriel, you couldn't. You'd have to have a heat source. <laughs> no, no. Uh, <laughs> if uh, if the power went out uh, for any appreciable amount of time, I would be packing up uh, and leaving. Yeah, you're going to your dad's. Yeah, yeah. And then I'll peace cake and yeah. hang out there and start a wood fire and go shoot a deer and you know. Yep. No, no, you're laughing. Salt you, you go. Jerk it. Yep. Yep. That's yep. one of the reasons so, I like living where I do, because it's uh, even right now, I think it's 10 degrees out, which is good. Yeah, so, shut up, Vancouver yeah. Island. <laughs> I don't like to show off. Yeah, you yeah. want to talk about mortgage payments compared to... Uh, no. uh, hey, yeah. it's not Vancouver, it's Vancouver Island. It's a difference. That's what I said. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's still probably three times mine, but anyway. Um, okay, so what else should we be doing? And again, like it's not the zombie apocalypse, but the, the look, Italy is in a lockdown. The Trump is supposed to go on the air shortly if he hasn't already done it um, today on March 11th to declare a national state of emergency. Vancouver, BC's had one death and New Brunswick has one. Um, what's the case. term that you present? Presumptive? Yeah. Presumptive case, yeah. 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 So we've got one uh, presumptive case so far. So in my case, people are going to start panic buying. We were going to wait till Friday because Friday's payday, but I think we're going tomorrow to do our own panic buying. Jump the gun here while there's still stuff on the shelves. Well, like how long do you need to last for? Two weeks? Uh, no, I'd say a solid month because month? Uh, look at the all the quarantines have gone at least two weeks, but there is pretty good evidence out there that the, um, uh, I guess, how do you say, the dormant rate or the dormant uh, time on the disease can be up to 14 days before you even show symptoms, mm -hmm. right. in which case uh, you might be you know, contagious the whole time. So they might up that quarantine number a little bit. So I plan for at least a month, but uh, let's face it. I mean, we haven't stopped uh, flights coming in from Italy until yesterday, I think it was. And we still yeah. have four, four flights a day coming in from China every day into Vancouver. Uh, you know, Iran flights are still coming into Montreal. It's, 
you know, it's going to be here too, right? Like, it's not like just the U.S. is going to have an emergency. We won't. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's coming. It's not really conspiracy theory at that point. I think it's a conspiracy fact. <laughs> right. So um, they, 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 they declared it today. The World Health Organization declared it as a pandemic right pandemic, now. Pandemic, yeah. Yeah. And right now. Canada currently has 93 cases that are active, 14 in Alberta, 4 in Quebec, 39 in uh, British Columbia, and Ontario has 36. Now, Trevor, you were saying that there was one added for New Brunswick? Yeah. So this hasn't been updated. 79% of those are over 40. By the way, the over 40, that's considered old, and those are the most um, susceptible. 55% are all female. So I'm... Toast. <laughs> Toast. <laughs> I'm saying, <laughs> yeah, the uh, the the yeah. rate of mortality doesn't climb until I think you're over sixty, and then it goes up to like yeah, it's like I a know. sixteen or eighteen percent. It's crazy. Yeah, uh, so it's a it's an older person's um, people with the they said people with diabetic uh, who are diabetic who have respiratory or heart issues. Those are the ones that are are um, become the most ill, and those are the ones that are are passing basically. So what yeah, kind of uh, what kind of firearm should you be uh, should be using in the, uh, in this? Well, it depends. If you're at your dad's place, I want to make sure you have a deer hunting rifle and at least a 22 for rabbit. You got to supplement that food storage by like getting you know some yeah. rabbit on rice and some, yeah. some venison rice. I mean, why not stretch out your food stores, right? Rabbit, squirrel, yeah, yeah. small game, yeah. Maybe a deer, maybe a coyote. Would you eat a coyote? Why not? Mm. I think I would. If you were hungry enough, you would. Even if I wasn't hungry, just for sport. <laughs> just for sport. <laughs> right. I mean, e- eating, crazy, Adriel. eating crazy animals is what got us into this, though, wasn't it? Uh, yes. Right. You know, what's come is gone, and, and uh, now it's time to turn over a new leaf and eat some other weird stuff. And I think that uh, I'm the guy to do it. So. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just need a little bit of an excuse before I eat coyote. If with a no excuse, it's like, nah, I'm not gonna eat that. But like a little bit of an excuse, like, oh, you gotta stretch out a food store. It's like, yeah, yeah coyote, definitely. Is that before or after the neighbors then? Hmm. <laughs> I guess it depends which shows up in the scope first. Nope. <laughs> Too dark. Actually, I was Too talking dark. with I was talking with another guy, and we were saying basically, like, right now, if you had a 22 right now, you don't need to uh, supplement your food storage. I think there's enough rabbits around in most parts of Canada that you could probably take care of business. Uh, there's yeah. enough invasive species. Usually everywhere you go, there's an invasive species of some sort that even yeah. the CEOs won't care if you shoot. So if you really want out and want to supplement stuff, you could. Okay. So let's go through a list of, for the listeners, a shopping list. I'm going to the store tomorrow. You guys call out items that I need to survive for the next 30 days. And I'll add it to my list. Let's make this an exercise here. So I'm going to add more water. You were saying, two liters per day. Um, that's four liters that I need per day. Cause there's two of us actually there's cats too. So, well, they can have a little bit of our four liters, I guess, but call it. Well, what if we said five liters a day? Cause that two liters a day is light, right? Well, what's wrong with getting a couple of home Depot buckets and just filling up your, uh, your chops ahead of time and doing a lot cheaper and then having like a, a water filter afterwards. Well, I do have, Lots of buckets downstairs, five liter buckets that I could fill up. The second I thought things were really bad, I could fill them up and I could use those for bathing, cooking, um, flushing toilets. So drinking water only, five liters a day, 30 days, uh, whatever. It's not expensive. I've already got, you know, call it 150 liters of water for a month. 
Yep. Well, and the other thing that you could look into is like a, a, a Sawyer squeeze or something like that water filter. That'll just mm-hmm. do like a liter or two at a time. And uh, yeah. and those are those are super easy to use. If you got any yeah. rainwater, are you going to have to be mobile? Are you going to have to move away from your place and go somewhere else? Uh, well, I don't know yet. The best thing to do at this point is it would be bug in because that's what the government's going to tell you to do as well as a shelter stay. in place yeah. or, or yeah. self-isolate. So I would plan to stay in the house because unless somebody's coming for your food and you're not willing to shoot back, you're staying put. Yeah, that's my so, plan is to ensconce. Yeah. And, you got, uh, do you have food and that kind of thing, Trevor? Well, I do, but... That's where we're going with the list. I just sent you a list, uh, Trevor, what we did with our last episode. Where somebody asked us if we had a $500 budget to start prepping, uh, what, how we'd spend it. So I give you a $500 breakdown just uh, in your Facebook message there. Okay. So let's, uh, why don't we share that? That all right? Sure. Yeah. So uh, I'll just read it out to you if you want. Yeah, go ahead. ahead. So for 500 bucks, basically it came down to three bags of rice. And this is going to get basically one person for a solid month, two people for two weeks. Uh, So three bags of rice, which is 75 pounds. That's going to cover the biggest expense at 93 bucks. Uh, Steel cut out. So you can get two bags at Costco for 26 uh, lunch, if you go to Walmart right now before the panic buying hits, you can get uh, pretty much a dollar a can for anything from canned vegetables, soup, or beans, like brown beans. Um, yeah, 25 bucks, or sorry, 25 bucks gets you a 24 pack. Uh, dinner, you can get some canned chicken at Costco, canned tuna, corned beef, canned ham, click, spam, whatever you want. Um, we figured out 30 cans is 54 bucks at Costco and Superstore. Uh, you're going to want an instant coffee in order to stay sane especially for people like myself that require coffee. Um, salt, oh God, sugar. Instant. Well, oh, it's, it's time, nothing. isn't it? Yeah, without power, you can still make it, right? Oh, man. Yeah. So after the salt and sugar to spice up that squirrel or coyote or, you know, you might have to uh, to shoot. You're going to have to get some salt and sugar. That runs about a buck a kilo for either one of those. Um, I did actually have 24 rolls of toilet paper before it was cool in this list. <laughs> so I had uh, 24 rolls of toilet paper, 17 bucks at Costco, but they're all sold out. I went there yesterday to check it out. Uh, cases of water. If for the if you're in an apartment building or whatever, you can get like 48 bottles for six bucks. I think at uh, Walmart, but I think Costco's cheaper. Um, let's see here, what else did we talk about for actual gear? The Sawyer Mini water filter. So Adriel mentioned the squeeze, but if you get the Mini, you can actually use it like an IV bag. You can put it in line with a what do you call those uh, hydration packs on your backpack. You can do all sorts of funny stuff with the Sawyer Mini, and it works great. It's good for mm-hmm. thousands and thousands of gallons. Uh, I'd get a couple of jerry cans of gas. Uh, so get the two pack of jerry cans at Costco for uh, 26 bucks and then fill them up. So probably run a total of about 75, depending on your gas price. Cause I mean, again, you know, gas delivery is requires truck drivers who may be sick. You might not have gas delivery. So, you know, if you need to get somewhere bad and the gas station is closed, you want to have that option too. Right. Uh, let's see here. I had a solar battery, uh, solar charger and battery for 60 bucks off Amazon because I mean, if you want to re- recharge your cell phone, which is the only means you have of communicating with the outside world, it's just something. It doesn't require a generator then. Uh, some basic knives. I'm more a companion, which is like 20 bucks. And it's just a basically a high value, low cost item. A couple, uh, <laughs> I laugh about this one now, the single uh, or the AA LED flashlight. Usually get those uh, five bucks a piece and they take one AA battery and they're, you know, they're great little things, but they're of course they're made in China. So you probably won't get them now. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, batteries at the dollar store in Costco. If you need a, you know, a twelve pack of batteries, you know, the last thing you want to do is run out of batteries for whatever, uh, whatever these closed up. A couple of packs of strike care anywhere matches. Uh, Costco sells a great first aid kit for twenty nine bucks, which is a little bit of everything. Uh, nothing fantastic, but it'll get you started. 
Um, Costco still has rubber gloves. I checked yesterday. So 100 pack of nitrile gloves already nine bucks. Uh, pool shock. So instead of buying bleach, you can buy a pound of pool shock. I can give you a link to a video as well on how to make pool shock into bleach. And it'll last you forever for one bag for five bucks. I make thousands of gallons of bleach out of it and it doesn't go bad. So there is that. That's uh, cool. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Make sure you get hand soap. You don't, it doesn't have to be an antimicrobial or anything else. It can be any normal hand soap because uh, even my daughter was actually explaining it to me. Antimicrobial soap doesn't work on virus, viruses, right? No, it doesn't. So all the hand soap does is it obviously cleans your hands, but it also breaks down the bonds of the RNA of the virus and kind of makes it inert, but you still have to wash it off as well. And that's where the hand soap comes in. And that's it. That came in to $499. Wow. I didn't hear any silver spray paint uh, mentioned in there. <laughs> well, you said you already spikes. had it. So. Or you, ammo. Need, you need spikes on whatever, like if you if you have a car, it needs lots of spikes on it. Uh, neck spikes. Uh, spikes are in, I think, in, in the in the uh, eventual uh, uh, eventuality that uh, that the world goes to heck. Well, leather and spikes, right? You got to mm. come out with. Them. I was gonna make the leather. Like I have a bunch of salt. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It rub- it rubs the lotion on its skin. <laughs> <laughs> I'm determined to take this way darker than, than everyone else is trying to take it right now. <laughs> it's not working, but I'm gonna try. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So like, have enough stuff for a month. It sounds like in in house. Uh, some of the things you mentioned there were really interesting. Uh, the, uh, the, the ability to purify water would be a good one because, uh, yeah, if the, <laughs> if everyone at the, at the water place, uh, goes down and they're not able to, to get back up and running, uh, you might go for a while without clean water right. or refrigeration. Actually, uh, a bunch of salt would be nice. Cause if you have a bunch of meat in your freezer and all of a sudden the, uh, the power goes down, just salt the heck out of that stuff and, and yep. you're good to go. Right. Yeah, that's where like a buck a kilo, you can't go wrong, really. Yeah. I mean, um, the other thing people don't really take into account, too, is that, again, this virus isn't going to kill everybody, but it sure is going to tie up the ICUs and the emergency rooms. Yeah. And, you know, already, as we know, the healthcare system is built on waiting times, right? And they're already running at capacity or a little over capacity. So if you have a, you know, a couple thousand patients in a province overwhelming the system, if you break a leg or, or get a big cut that requires stitches, you can show up, but you're probably not getting any service. So... I would actually emphasize a little bit oh, of first aid. You know knowledge. what? Yep. I got an MRI scheduled on Friday morning. I'm canceling it. I'm not going anywhere near a hospital right now. <laughs> well, people don't go to hospitals to get better. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's why most people don't uh, go to hospitals. If you don't, they get sicker. If you don't get that MRI on Friday, you're going to be waiting like a long time to get that rebooked, yeah. aren't you? Yeah, I've already been waiting a really long time. Why don't you do it while everything is still running and still up and... It's actually not a bad time. Like, uh, yeah. nothing's overwhelmed yet. And there's not like case, you know, yeah. patients yeah. waiting outside in line. I'd, I'd get it done anyway. Fine. All right. Cool. If I get the corona. I'm coming back to shoot you guys. Okay. Mm-hmm. You won't survive. You just have to isolate yeah. yourself for two weeks. Two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> or longer. But it's, it's, uh, according to a lot of these, uh, government, uh, announcements, they seem to say they're going to be paid time at home. So maybe it's a good thing. I don't How know. do you pay everyone for two weeks at home? Exactly. Just, just borrow more money. Where's the oh, money coming? Where's the money coming from? There's, oh, there's no one paying their taxes. They're, they're not getting money. Paid. They were going to okay. use the the money they were going to use for the gun buyback. Man, that now has to be allocated to this. It's never stopped them before from not having money. Yes. Yeah. So, cool. ax. Yeah. 
And is there anything else you, that you would recommend people people have? Like they must need, must have, must go out and get now. Air 15, 3,000 rounds of ammo, <laughs> 50 magazines or more. Actually, two yeah. Air 15s, right? Friends level, with... Uh, level level the... four. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, veterans, uh, what is Plates. it? Veterans, veterans manufacturing helmets and all that stuff. No, honestly, uh, you know, a support network would be great. So if you can get somebody to, you know, help deliver food to your front door, if you can't or whatever, that'd be one thing. If you want to arrange with a couple other people that, you know, yep. if you get isolated and I don't, I can help you or whatever. So mutual assistance groups would be great, but honestly just food right now and a means of entertainment, deck of cards, board games, cell phone, because if you are stuck at home, a lot of people will go stir crazy because they're not used to it. Right. Mm-hmm. And not having the social interaction will actually affect a lot of people. But that's all mm. I got. But honestly, yeah, food more than anything else right now. Cool. Cool. Awesome. Thanks, man. Okay. So, um, yeah, let's get get on with the, the rest of the show then. Um, Just listen leave to a, feedback. Leave a cut for the other main topic. Yeah, next main topic. Sure. And the main topic, part two. <laughs> Hi everyone, we have a second topic for this evening's uh, um, episode as well. Um, we're pleased to have uh, Denise Tomlin from Lady Guns join us. I just wanted to say thank you for coming on, Denise. Uh, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, we're going to explain exactly what Lady's Guns is, but that's going to be part of the interview as well. So why don't you tell us about you? Um, your history with shooting and about how Lady Guns came to be. Sure, absolutely. Thank you. My pleasure to join you guys tonight. Thank you for the invitation. Uh, So I'm a farm kid from BC, grew up uh, hunting, shooting and fishing like many do. And so I think my first uh, firearm was my dad's 22 rifle shooting bottle caps uh, uh, sitting at a picnic table. So uh, I I think that's pretty common story for farm kids. But uh, My parents also shot trap, so my brother and I got stuffed in the bunker to set traps, and uh, and so we had uh, lots of opportunity to uh, work on our uh, our sibling relations while while trapped in there. So uh, (laughs) yeah, so we had lots of opportunity uh, to hang out and uh, and and uh, hang around with the great people that shot trap, and and then my my dad was into hunting and he did a lot of hunt guiding, and so. uh, of course, that was an element of it as well. So that was uh, that was all part of it. And then I decided nobody wants to be a farm kid. So I took off to the big city. And it wasn't until eight years ago that uh, I was reintroduced to uh, shooting when uh, I was invited out on a shooting date uh, at a sporting clays facility in Carstairs, Alberta. Okay. So uh, Went. Uh, I, I understand, Kelly. You've got the bug for uh, shooting shotguns as well. So uh, I do. <laughs> yeah, good for, you. good for you. So same thing. I uh, you see that clay explode, and uh, and you get the bug. So I got into that, and I got into it in a big way. And uh, I bought uh, I bought a used uh, Beretta three ninety one Technies in twelve gauge, and uh, and I got into uh, competing. And uh, I was able to uh, pay for the whole gun with my winnings within my first season. Oh, and awesome. uh, yeah, it was super cool. So uh, then I thought, well, I got to take this farther. And uh, I took the NSCA level one instructors course and found mm-hmm. out I was the first female in uh, outside of the USA that had taken it, which was shocking to me. And, uh, yeah. and so then uh, 
we started a ladies' night fun drop-in thing, and that's where Lady Guns started at the, at the Sporting Clays Club. Uh, and of course, the, uh, the 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 bug for shooting ended up uh, expanding, and I got to, went out and shot some pistol, and I got my black badge, shot some Ipsic. Thought, well, now I got to get into three gun. Got myself a carbine, uh, and uh, and the list goes on. So I'm uh, two gun safes in now, and uh, and uh, I, uh, I PRS is next, I think. <laughs> okay, so you're fully into you're fully invested in this then. I am a hundred percent fully yeah. invested in. Yeah. Yeah. And I keep telling my 10 uh, year old son, the guns that I buying are for him, but they're oh, not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, those, uh, those PRS rifles take up a lot of safe, safe in the in- space, <laughs> like, like two or yeah. three. And it's like, well, that's, that's all you can hold in there. Yeah. So then I get another safe, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Keep and then you them. can fill it with even more. Right. Right. Yeah. So, so that's uh, kind of in a, in a quick that's summary. You. Yeah, and so okay. I spend uh, evenings, weekends, and uh, 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 all the time kind of getting, getting Yeah, you're quite well known in the Alberta region with respect to getting ladies into shooting and events that are happening. Now, the reason that we actually ha- are having you on the show is because our show sponsor, the Calgary Shooting Center, is actually partnering with you right now about getting some lady gun events happening. So let's talk a little bit about lady gun. How long has it been running uh you know, where are you based out of and, uh, and, uh, about the events uh, as well. So how long has Lady Guns itself been around? Sure. Well, uh, it started as that fun sporting clays gathering, uh, about 2014. And so we gave it, we gave it a Facebook page and called it Lady Guns. And so, uh, it, uh, very, very grassroots. And it was just about a bunch of women that wanted to get together and shoot and, uh, and have uh, sociable, uh, moments afterwards so we had some wine and some cheese and some you know fun that's the and and wine yeah yeah okay. and then we uh, we talked about all those kind of uh, fun gun things that yeah. uh, girls like to talk about like what's in your gun bag and where did you get that great shooting vest and stuff like that so uh then after i got into that whole uh pistol side of things i realized how many women were really excited to learn how to shoot pistols yeah. and they uh they find them uh, a, a bit harder to get into. And so because I, I shoot uh, uh, multiple disciplines and a lot of girls, uh, they say, can I come out with you? Or a lot of guys say, would you take out my uh, girlfriend, my wife, my daughter? Yeah. It ended up that we we thought it was good a good thing to just start ladies night. So we started ladies night at some of the clubs. And as you said, the Calgary Shooting Center has uh, agreed to uh, let us start hosting at there, so we're having uh, our first uh, Lady Guns event at the Shoot Calgary Shooting Center on mm-hmm. St. Patrick's Day, and uh, we're uh, uh, we're half sold, and uh, we're looking forward to all the women that are co- going to come out and uh, enjoy the uh, the Calgary Shooting Center's facilities and and all the fun. Okay, when you talk about half sold, um, how many people do you typically, or how many women typically do you have on the firing line? How many instructors do you have? So uh, thanks for asking. The, uh, the the range usually has six lanes, and so we like to run two lines. So we we only sell 20 spots, okay. and that way we can manage. And uh, uh, the other thing I like to uh, to let the ladies know, especially those that are apprehensive that perhaps don't have their RPAL, don't have any kit, they just show up. Uh, and uh, it's, a, it's a women-led initiative. So the range officers, the ROs are all women, and we have women instructors on site. So... Uh, 
it's uh, uh, it's something the guys like to try and sneak into, but really it's it's for women by women. Okay. So you don't need a pal. You don't need any experience. You don't need no. any equipment. Okay. No. Who provides that? Do you provide that, the equipment, the ammo? Uh, the ammunition uh, is something that they purchase based on consumption. And okay. uh, and the gear is either rental gear or uh, we all take some, we all have extra pistols, it appears. Okay. So we bring some of our gear and that way they get a chance to try revolvers and 1911s and uh, okay. and what whatever, dual action, everything. So. So what type of shooting is it? Is it just pistol or are you going to be able to come out and try out rifles and shotguns, sporting clays, that type of that type of thing? Or is it just strictly pistol? So for lady guns across the board. Yeah. Uh, so so the Calgary Shooting Center night is pistols. And, and sometimes we bring in uh, uh, some 22 rifles or, or some things like that. The intention okay. of lady guns, Kelly, is to... Uh, to to expose uh, all of the different platforms and opportunities. So last year we had pistol nights. Uh, we had a shotgun course on clays. We did a precision long range course that was all ladies. Uh, oh. We have some fabulous instructors that have stepped up to offer their time and their ranges and their gear. So we're super fortunate. So the sky's the limit. We'll put on everything and then we'll have a wine and cheese social after. That's awesome. Okay. So your instructors, they are all from those specific um, uh, sports as well. They've gone through the training process for that, for instructing that type of thing as well. Okay. Yes. And so we don't have, we're not women all across the board yet. I don't know of any PRS uh, women instructors, but uh, I am looking for some ambassadors to come. Uh, We've also had a big request and interest in archery. So I guess if it goes down range, we're going to get into it. So uh, uh, yeah, there's, uh, there's interest in that as well. Okay. Can you tell us about the different events that are, I know you're going to be at uh, Calgary and you're going to do that frequently. Where are some of your other events that are taking place? Right. So uh, Sporting Clays facility is in Carstairs, which is uh, it's just outside of Calgary. Of course, down in DeWinton at the south end, we have the Ahia Center where we participate in the ladies nights and uh, uh, they have trap and skeet. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have outdoor ranges out in uh, Kananaskis and south uh, the Milo range, uh, which is a uh, uh, range that is been set up by the Calgary District Target Shooters Association. Uh, at Christmas, we had a Frosty Fingers Family Fun Day, Rimfire, uh, Rimfire range only, kids, cookies, red and green steel targets. It was lots of fun. So uh, we're all over the place. Uh, the instructors are uh, specific. Now, myself and my partner, Casey Gavinchuk, uh, are both NSCA level one shotgun instructors. And so okay. we uh, we work with that. We do have a few other women that uh, are also instructors there. And uh, there are some great guys that are in the PRS realm and in the pistol realm that we're working with. And uh, I'm... Uh, I'm, if, if all goes well and we get the chance to talk after July, hopefully I'm telling you that I've uh, passed the FBI qual and I am a pistol level uh, one instructor myself. So. Awesome. Fantastic. Yeah. So um, I didn't hear really anything up in a little bit higher up Edmonton, Northern Alberta. So you're, it, it's a little bit, a little bit on the, around the Calgary. Calgary area, basically. Yeah, it has been around the Calgary area based on uh, feedback, but we're happy to go north and uh, and uh, looking forward to checking out what this maple seed stuff is all about. And 
Yeah. And uh, we've uh, actually the the fellas that help us with our uh, long range stuff, they're up in the northern area. So they've got a okay. range up there. So it's uh, um, definitely the long range is, is where you have distance. So it pushes yep. us out a little bit more. Yep. Uh, but yeah, we're, uh, we're in Calgary. And so a lot of our activities now are currently okay. Calgary. The intention is to build an ambassador base and be able to uh, find other like-minded women and just keep duplicating so that we can grow and, yep. and, uh, and move around the province and even outside of the province. So. Okay. And that's fantastic. You haven't branched out into BC or Saskatchewan yet though, right? Not, not as Lady Guns events, no, but, uh, but I shoot, I shoot in Canada, the US and the UK. So I, uh, I tell everybody that we're coming. I just haven't got there yet. <laughs> you can't clone yourself. Well, no. you kind of can train other people, but yeah, you, you can't clone yourself right yet. Right. Right. Okay. Um, so these events, how much do they cost uh, somebody to sign up and um, where can they sign up? All right. So everything uh, has uh, different price points right now. Our okay. pistol nights are 25 bucks plus the cost of ammo. The 25 bucks get to your eyes and ears, your PPE and uh, access to a rental gun. And then, like I said, based on consumption, some girls uh, like to shoot a couple of mags and some like to shoot a couple of boxes. So, okay. uh, so uh, we've had a lot of girls that split a, a box of ammo first night out and then they don't want to share the next time out. We have a lot of repeat ladies yeah. come. So uh, the uh, the price of that, and then in the PRS, uh, of course, a full day uh, of long range instructions in the hundreds of dollars. So right. uh, I would suggest checking out ladyguns.ca, uh, which is where our events are posted. And then we also are super happy to cross post anything, uh, including all the events that you guys might be involved in. Wherever there's something that women and youth can participate in, we will post it and encourage people to attend. Fantastic. Okay. So your suggestion is to, so if somebody does want to sign up, they go to the web, your website, or yes. can they go to your Facebook page? Yes, they can get a hold of us through Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and, uh, and our website itself. And uh, the registration I information is set up on uh, the website and all the others just direct you to the website. Okay, perfect. So yeah. they don't need any equipment, they don't need a pal, they don't need any experience. But what do you suggest these women bring? Um, any particular like clothing type or anything like that? Do they need anything prior to coming in? Teachable attitude? We, right? Teachable yeah. attitude is good. Yeah. <laughs> teachable attitude. We encourage no low cut tops because hot right. brass hurt. You find yep. that out the first time uh yeah we uh it gets warm in there so uh we tell everybody to dress in layers so they can uh they can adjust accordingly and uh, ball caps because hot brass bounces off the top when you've got uh six eight uh lanes running and everybody's having yep. fun there's there's brass flying so we uh we we just encourage that comfortable shoes uh it's uh, interesting because uh, we get uh, all types, all sizes, all kind of people, all ages. So we've had uh, a group of girls from the University of Calgary come out to celebrate a birthday. We had uh, a mother and daughter uh, come uh, and uh, and then we've had uh, everything in between. Lots of corporate, corporate ladies as well. So okay. now if somebody is interested in uh, taking this into their area or um even province, uh, are you uh, are you open to that? So if somebody comes down, trains with you, and then and 
and uh, is looking to maybe hold an event and franchise. Franchise, yeah, sure, absolutely. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for asking, Kelly. I, uh, I I would love to to talk to people about that and uh, and actually, if if uh, you'll indulge me, what uh, we've been doing lately uh, is. Um, talking to a lot of the fishing game clubs and some of the other gun clubs who are hosting or want to host ladies and youth events and they want to collaborate. And so okay, uh, I just spoke with the Calgary Fish and, and Game Club yesterday. Of course, I've already mentioned Ahia. Uh, Buffalo Target Shooters has their Annie Oakley. So we've mm-hmm. reached out to them. Uh, I'm a member at the Calgary District Target Shooters Association. So we're working on some stuff uh, that hopefully we'll be able to post there. So there's uh, there's a lot of uh, uh, opportunity to collaborate and work with other groups. And if there's a small group of women somewhere that have been getting together, I would love to uh, meet and connect with them. I think if I did the math, there's about 267,000 women in Canada with pals and our pals. So yeah, and it's growing every day. Yeah, yeah. yeah so it's I'd, love, I'd love to I'd love to connect with them. Fantastic. Okay, so if you'd love to connect with them, again, how can they contact you? So they can find us uh, first and foremost at uh, ladyguns.ca. Okay. Uh, on on Instagram, I am ladygunyyc. Uh, feel free to uh, to take a take a peek there. And uh, we are on Facebook, and we are ladyguns on Facebook as well. So it's easy to find us. And somebody told us Pinterest is the way to go these days. So really. We set up- We've set up a Pinterest uh, a Pinterest account, a Pinterest page, but when I figure out how to use it, I'll get back to you and let you know how it works. <laughs> yeah, I have one. I'm not very active on it. Yeah. 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 Uh, maybe it's because I'm old. Okay. Um, Adriel, do you have any questions uh, for Deneen? Nope. I was just, I uh, just adding her on Instagram here. And uh, yeah, it sounds really good. I mean, one of the things that we've talked about on the show is is getting uh, uh, more youth, more lady shooters in as yep. well, uh, just to help uh, uh, spread the word of the sport, get more people in it. And I think that uh, having these ladies specific events is a good way of doing it because you can uh, tailor the event very specifically. So exactly. Yeah, I agree. It. I- uh, that's fantastic. You know, I always say you got to see it to be it. So I uh, I was uh, chatting with Tracy Wilson from CCFR a couple weeks ago, and I said, you know, we got to have women on the line. We got to have women ROs. When women can see other women uh, leading the charge, then they realize it's not uh, it's not that uh, hard to get involved and become part of it. And when when women are showing other women, oh, this is my new pistol, and uh, why do you shoot a 1911? You know, I've got uh, I've got a Glock. You start you start really becoming comfortable with uh, with the whole process, and uh, it starts becoming fun. Absolutely, yeah. I believe wholeheartedly in it. Yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah. So, is there anything that we didn't cover that uh, you'd like to mention? Uh, well, I think you've done a, f- a great job of asking, uh, all those important things that everybody wants to know out there as far as getting involved and how to get involved. But the one thing I really like to encourage is, uh, is echoing your comments about getting women, women and youth. I think, uh, I think in, t- in today's culture with, uh, with guns being a hot button, uh, subject, uh, especially in Canada where we have such a uh, rich culture and history of guns in our, in our, uh, lives, uh, because of uh, of you know Canada being a, a hunting fishing kind of culture, and now the sports coming on. I just think it's really important for women to understand. I don't uh, I don't think that it's for everybody, but certainly if you understand what 
what the rules are and uh, and what it takes to become a gun owner and how restricted it really is. And then you come out and you give it a try. I think yep. then more families will be uh, involved and, and perhaps participating and we'll have uh, greater opportunities uh, at the Olympics and, and we'll have more patience uh, at, uh, at gun clubs. And uh, I think if women and youth are participating, it becomes a richer sport and a more patient yep. sport. And uh, and hopefully there'll be uh, a little bit less politics. Some of those gun clubs. Are- <laughs> uh, I also agree with that as well. Yeah, so, um, yeah, we need to get more women and we need to get the youth into shooting because if not, we're we're not going to survive as a sport. Basically. Absolutely. And the moms yeah. let the kids go or they don't. So we got to get the moms to let the kids go anyway. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you finding just uh, what I'm finding with ladies' events that we host? Uh, they generally sell out quite quickly, and women are super excited about it, and they want to bring all their friends. Are Are you finding those with your events as well? I do, and actually, uh, another interesting point that uh, that brings up is uh, we've got such great, uh, great uh, encouragement for women to get out there, and these gun clubs put on their annual get out and shoot event. So, what happens once you've got out and you've I've had a chance and and you've got the bug. Where do you go next? And so yeah. that's, that's really why Lady Guns became a thing was because women were like, oh, I went to the, the, the Annie Oakley or I went to the ladies learn to shoot, but I don't want to wait a year to get out again for a ladies event. So I decided that we would just keep putting these on and see who showed up and, and, uh, and how often they wanted to come out and what sports they wanted to try. And, uh, and it's been just absolutely fantastic. So it's about, it's about giving, it's like, it's like having a a ladies night in any other sport, whether it be bowling or golf, this is just a chance for people to get out and uh, get together. It becomes a social club around a, a common uh, yeah. interest, right? Yeah. And you can add those things, those special things, make it special for women, whether it's through, yeah. you know, as you said, wine and cheese afterwards, uh, our ladies events, we tend to actually bring cupcakes, you know, that sort of stuff. Um, yeah. but, um, just make it fun. Women are going to have a fantastic time. Yeah. Um, and then they're going to tell their friends about it and their friends are going to tell their other friends mm-hmm. about it. One a last question with respect to, um, you're saying that they've gone to a ladies event and then they wanted to come to your event. Are you finding that, uh, it's, are, are you able to help them to get into courses to get their pal? Or are you finding that there's a transition from these fun events that they're having to the pal course? There's a lot of interest in uh, the pal course uh, after they take uh, one or two of these things. I do find that they certainly ask where, and I'm happy yep. to refer to uh, some of the great uh, places they can take their pal, our pal in and around uh, Calgary. Uh, the only thing I find is that they always say they're gonna, but they don't wanna because it's uh, it's it, it's it's tough to do. You gotta you gotta you gotta register and you gotta get your foot through the door and you gotta sit in that class and yeah. uh, and so maybe that's the next thing, Kelly. Maybe we'll see women's pal, our cal cor- courses led by women. Maybe we'll fill them up. Uh, I, I know it's been tried. Yeah, uh, but. Yeah. but uh, Maybe we'll see. Uh, what we're know, seeing I, right now is we're seeing like almost half and half, half men, mm-hmm. half women in these courses. Mm-hmm. I uh, was asking about actually having an all women. And um, uh, the research that I did was we can't really actually restrict it. Um, but it is something promote it and absolutely fill it up with women. Because as, mm-hmm. I, as I said, I believe that if you get women in, we'll get kids in. We'll also actually 
you know, continue our sport as well. Absolutely. I think it's, uh, it's, it's, you've probably both experienced it. I think it's amazing when uh, you see uh, a woman that's really hesitant, concerned, even, even a little bit scared. Yeah. And, uh, and she sends lead down ranger in the air. She uh, punches a hole in paper, sees a clay target explode. And all of a sudden she's this like self-empowered woman and she's got this look on her face and there's often a lot of squealing, like in a good way. (laughs) Very happy, excited, <laughs> yeah, right? And exactly, and so uh, and so uh, it, to to know that they people have gone home in that frame of mind is yeah. uh, is pretty cool. It's nice to convert them. I had one event that I went to, and the lady came, and she was I was uh, ROing the AR fifteen stage, and she was extremely apprehensive. She was actually to the point where she was almost crying. We went over it. I told her she didn't have to shoot it if she didn't want to shoot it, but we went over it. And she actually said, no, I'm going to shoot it. And she shot it. And then by the time we were done the event, we couldn't actually get, we were closing everything up and she was still shooting the AR-15. And that's where we changed those minds. So these types of events you're coming out and doing these in the Calgary area and, you know, and a little further around Alberta is is really important so changing those minds especially you know with women and men um is important so yeah thank you very much yeah we uh, we look forward to uh, connecting all the provinces and being able to see some larger women's events and uh, and i know that uh, we don't we don't need to all be competitive we can just have fun events too so absolutely Absolutely. Yeah. So thank you very much for uh, giving me the opportunity to share uh, Lady Guns with you guys today and hopefully we'll get a chance to meet soon. I know you're going to be at TACCOM in the fall and uh, it was a great event last year and I look forward to being uh, being there again this year. Fantastic. I'll I'll seek you out. Now, again, just to to, uh, wrap up, if anybody is interested, they can contact you through the website. Um, But not only that, just go on out on St. Patty's Day. Anything special happening for St. Patty's Day afterwards? You know? Like like (laughs) green cupcakes or green beer? (laughs) Well, you know, I I, uh, haven't got anything planned, but now that you've given me an idea, perhaps uh, I'll do something. (laughs) All right. Are Are there green tip bullets? I don't know. Do we have any green tip bullets? There are, well, I don't know, you're the one, but yeah, there's green tip. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, So if there's still spots available on the line, we're going to post uh, a poster that you've created uh, for the Calgary shooting event. We'll post that on our our site as well. And if anybody has questions and they can't actually get to you, we'll refer them over to you. Perfect. Um, Thank you very much. Yeah, we're planning it. Thank you very, very much. I do appreciate it. All right. Excellent. Thank you again for coming okay. on, Janine. Fantastic. My pleasure. My pleasure. Look forward to talking to you guys again sometime soon. All right. Okay. Bye. 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 All right. Thanks, everybody, for uh, coming on tonight, both Ian and also Janine. Great topics. Great discussion. Going to prep for everything. Make sure that uh, we're all prepared. Uh, why don't we get into listener feedback? Listener feedback is uh, brought to us by, uh, it's sponsored by Armory DC Gunsmith. Armory DC DC Gunsmith is a full-service gunsmith who specializes in firearms refinishing. He offers hot bluing, parkerizing, Cerakote finishes, as well as wood refinishing. Uh, check out his online inventory of new and used guns, firearms, accessories, optics, and more at uh, dcgunsmith.ca. You can also check him out on Instagram and also on Facebook as well. Uh, Trevor, why don't you read this one? Because I'm not sitting on my computer just, anymore. Just away. Exactly. I'll get it. Okay. Uh, good on you, Kelly. The 12-gauge shotgun is the sports car of the clay target world. 
I know Trevor's uh, poo-poo the sub-gauge gun, but since when is his opinion on the classier sporting shoots worth anything? For a proper skeet competition, you need 410, 28, 20, and 12. But if you're able to fund the ammo, and you government employees seem to have all the money to buy all the gun stuff, uh, the 28 is awesome. It swings fast, no recoil, and is adequate for rabbits or pheasants. Awesome. Trevor recommends the lead Lee Lodal, the man with the Dillons at home, and sometimes host on the Reloading podcast, and purports to know something about reloading, recommends the Chinsius reloading gear since hand rolling and ladle dipped dipping powder. That's from Jason. I think he's got a picture of Yeah. I don't know what this is. It's got a P on it. I, I don't know what this is. It's he it's sent a me a message. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He said that uh, all, what I need is the Winchester HS hulls, clay busters, wads, three quarter ounces, um, universal clay powders. Get a book. That's what he said. But uh, Mac Jr. Ah, he says. Mac Jr. I see. So maybe this is a mech that he's showing. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Jason knows his shotgun. So. Yeah, he does actually. Yeah. yeah. All right. I don't want to read this one. So because it's long. How about you, Trevor? Now. Um, no, <laughs> but the photo of the press that he posted is of a progressive press. It's quite, quite fancy pants. It is a fancy pants one. I have a, um, single stage, um, it's like a junior, but it's a step up from the junior. It's a load master. Yeah. And Andy's got the steel master. Anyway, if you get a, a mech junior Kelly, yeah, he's right. And I mean, for the little bit more that you're going to spend on the Mac Jr. as yeah. opposed to the Lee Lodal. The thing about the Mac Jr. is it's a bit more difficult to set up. But if you're not going to change the recipe and you're only going to do that one load or that one yeah. haul, that one wad, that many ounces a shot, it will be a set it and forget it and you'll be fine. So, okay. And they come up for sale all the time because somebody has a Jr. and they want to upgrade. So just okay. watch the E. Just yes. watch a CGN and, uh, or I can actually, you know, say Tweba or somebody else. Can you make me the same? Well, I don't I know. really like, don't like a thousand rounds of 28 gauge, please. Yes, please. <laughs> I don't have the holes. Just, you know, make yeah. it happen. Adriel, can you read this? Cause Trevor doesn't want to, and neither do I just oh, cause man. it's so long. Uh, you're, you're right. awesome. I love the way that you remember talk. me <laughs> when we talked to the <laughs> slam fire, Matt, uh, on the Slamfire machine about match organization, I said I'd follow up after the match. Technically truthful. Yeah, match... It was last year. <laughs> Sorry. You said he'd follow up afterwards. So, <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, it's true. It's, he's doing it. Uh, yeah. The match went well. We were told by one BOC that our target teal seal targets were not legal. You guys all know the BOC? Okay, good. Nope. Uh, you listen to the uh, Ben Stoger podcast. You know what a BOC yes. is. Oh, BOCs. Right. One BOC told them that the steel oh, targets old. weren't yeah. legal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they submitted to NROI. No update was ever posted on our forums uh, that I can find, and I didn't receive any BOC mail. So I guess they either referred to the section of the rule book I sent them to or got lost in the mail. Out of a thing. So, I need more on this. Hmm. Out of an abundance of caution, we even sent in photos with the sanctioning package for our next level three, and we're all approved. It appears they even added a page to the target array handbook, mixing plates and no-shoot steel. There were nine, I think, in the double qualifier last year, and they caused much grief. Picture a plate sitting on top of a 2x4, 
On the top of that 2x4 is a no-shoot steel, approximately the uh, size and shape of a mini-target. They even resonate like a little gong, signaling, signaling that you yanked one down to into it. There were no friends made at that match, that's for sure. <laughs> Sounds like some tight shots. Uh, we had one BOC mess with my squatting. Told someone they could uh, just jump in with whichever squad they wanted. We ended up uh, not having one score for that competitor, having to reshoot and delaying results by an hour. When managing BOCs, they're pretty scared of technology. I lean on that to dissuade them from undoing the work I've already done. Also, if your list of people you want to shoot with is accompanied by a list of people you don't want to shoot with, enter practice score. Figure it out, kids. <laughs> Some things Love that it. I'm incorporating this year. Practice score. We didn't use it last year. Uh, BC has a developer who built our own system. It has some great tools like work squatting, auto-generated equipment check forms, and it automatically assures competitors are eligible, current members not suspended, etc. So I'm going to use both this year. Registrar <laughs> in Ipsic BC, use practice score to pay and squad. As soon as you register on both, you get approval to squad. I can add people to the system, but it's extra work for no reason. I'm also going to be more organized with work detail, like hanging targets, garbage duty, etc. Everyone's standing around telling jokes or asking what they can do to help. Uh, I will have direction for them in advance. I've seen targets hung the day before, and it's always prone to rain here, especially on the side of the mountain where we're located, so we'll have index marks and crews to hang them uh, before the final inspection by the MD. With 14 stages running at the same time, it's too much to not divide the labor. I took on too much last year. I did stats and MD duties. This year, I've got a couple of good stats guys picked out, and they're going to get an assistant to train if I can spare the people. Last year was sort of a perfect storm of not having people I wanted available and stacking the senior MD's side to make sure it ran well for, the, for him. Uh, I got some recent uh, receipt organizers from Staples, like you see a cashier organizer organize their receipts in. I use this for duplicate printer receipts. Again, it's a BC thing. We print two. One goes to the competitor. The other one goes in the file. I prefer to just do the one and follow the guidance of the rule book. But this was a good and cheap solution to organizing 180 competitors with 14 pieces of paper each. Wow. Uh, yeah, we do one. You yeah. get your receipt, and then the, the stats copy is the tablet. Yeah, we don't even do paper for three guns, just all, all electronic. No, you don't. You're not required to. We're required to. Yep. Uh, where did I leave off? I started writing a guide for stats as well. I've sort of figured it out on my own and learned more from a guy at another club, but we really need to train more people to do these jobs. This I've is got a hand and I've got running water. This is uh, especially evident when it gets thrown at someone at a smaller match outside the Vancouver area. And I just don't know all the details, for example. Uh, here, if you're unclassified in a division, you're assigned a class uh, one level below your highest. So if you're an M class, M in classic, uh, a B in open, and you decide to shoot production optics, you're scored A for class trophies. That's one of the things that I'm trying to incorporate into a manual for the more remote qualifiers. If only our sport had a worldwide classification system, we wouldn't have to make up our own and be different from the other provinces. Wait, it does. Oh. Barrett? It's not a Barrett thing. Barrett just... was born into this mess. BC has their own classification system. It's yeah. complicated. Alberta has one. Ontario has one. And for what? 
so you can be the tallest midget first b is like 15 shooters down from the top like stop it who cares you either win the match or you don't mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah uh you know one of the things that he's talking about here uh, i really uh, agree with and that's training the next generation you always have yep. to be working on that because people burn out and if if you get them yep. if you get the same people doing most of the work it's too much they burn out and then instead of having a good solid uh, senior core and then having intermediate and junior people also taking work that they can take on that, that they're capable of that can also get reviewed by someone senior. Uh, yep. You, get you a put new people, people in, yep. you burn them out and then you put a new, put another new person in and you yep. burn them out and it just doesn't yep. work that way. You, you lose a lot of the uh, uh, institutional yep. knowledge uh, uh, when you, when you lose those people. Yep. yep. I was so fortunate to work under Salish and Chris. Yeah, that's a good example. All right. Uh, for now, I focus on May. I have declined to be the MD for any matches this year, only to assist. I do the computer stuff, emails. Someone else gets it built. I work evenings. So this works well. 2020 is going to be a great year for competitive shooting here. I'm interested to hear awesome. your thoughts on youth programs. We're trying to get more youth involved for the obvious reasons. Uh, off to work, Barrett, and I'll say the PS after this. What do you think about uh, getting youth in? Absolutely. Well, you need to. I mean... There is a division for them. I'm not sure like what the sport itself can do other than, I mean, there's a division, there's, there's a a category for youth. We acknowledge and recognize youth. We actually added a new sub junior category. So it's not just six years old to less than 21 anymore. It's like junior and super junior or something like that. So that was, you know, for award recognition, kids um were getting away from it but there's still that participation award they get a ribbon just for showing up well if you're 12 years old and you're shooting against ryan dobson from ontario who can take on any man in the country and most in north america and he's still a junior you you don't have a chance in competing Mm -hmm. against him so they they did that thing where they broke up the age group a little bit more so that's good um i saw in alberta they, I don't remember if they were from Alberta or another province, but they even had media following them around. It was a whole squad of junior shooters, high school, middle school, boys and girls, and they all got help to get equipment and get training. So there was something there, right? So, um, but I mean, it still takes a mom and a dad with a fat bankroll to, uh, to get these kids involved. It's nice to want to have kids involved, but shooting is expensive. So, yeah. And you have to get the, uh, mom and dad to train the kids and, and really work with them or get someone or, to train come them on or, board. Yeah. Yeah. I prefer Sometimes actually mom and dad need to like step away. Yeah. Thank God we don't have hockey parents. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, helicopter parents. Not good. Um, so what are some of the things that we can do to entice children, entice youth to come into shooting? Cause once we get there, there's, there's the obviously the crew already already wants to be there. Every time you go to a gun show, kids are there. Mm. They're freaking out. The kids are enti- it's, it's not a question of of um, motivating the kids. It's a question of educating the parents and educating parents that can afford to put their kid in shooting. Okay. Yeah, I agree with Trevor. Yeah, I have to agree with Trevor on that one because I mean I've got tons of kids that would love to come to the range with me, but their parents aren't thrilled with it because they're you know either anti-gun, ambivalent, or just not i guess they're scared more than anything else but mm-hmm. yeah it's it's the parents more than more than the kids 
I actually have a lot of parents approaching me to take their kids and which I'm happy to do. So um, I also actually, I asked the parent to come as well at first and then, um, yeah. So Rustigus for years has run a 22 kids program only. Mm -hmm. Um, Jose and Elaine used to run it and it was very popular. It Mm kind of died out there a little bit, but um I mean, of course, we're in a rural province in a rural area, so it wasn't exactly hard to fill it up. But yeah. if you offer a kids-only program that's affordable, yep. and then the equipment is supplied. Like we've got, I don't even know how many cooies. I need to find out where our cooies are and go through them and see if there are any gems in there that I can buy from the club. <laughs> it's a bunch of single-shot cooies. And then the new yeah. rascals and whatever the other one is. Yeah. We have our own version of uh, youth events as well, and we generally sell those out. We we have restrictions on them because we like more instructors instructors per ratio, the ratio for students. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have a fantastic time with the kids, and um, you know we we supply some of the rascals and some some of the firearms as well. But um, have a great time with them. They're they're very eager, but uh parents um yeah we have to get parents on board so if we can get parents on board then we can get the kids coming too so yep yeah cool. all right sh- all right i'll finish this off uh from barrett uh p.s i signed off last year to uh to run to work only to hear kelly say something flattering uh if i make up shirts that say Slamfire kelly says i'm a hottie how many <laughs> can i put you down for proceeds to the ccfr <laughs> And I just listened to Adriel Kelly and Trevor trying to sort out who'd, die, who, who'd go first in a horror movie. Easy. <laughs> Trevor goes first. He won't be able to decide which Nylon 66 to bring. He brings them all. Slows them down. Adriel, True. same problem. Downsized. His stroller of guns tips over in a high-speed corner. And it would because it's a three-wheeler. <laughs> Kelly grabs a 1022. 90 minutes later, she watches the credits roll. True story. <laughs> Uh, I like it because uh, yeah, uh, Trevor's got a lot of now in '66. Uh, oh, yeah. I don't know what to bring. I don't know what to bring. I know what to bring. I'm gonna bring Mossberg, everything. Mossberg 590 <laughs> on my back, air slung on my chest, Glock on my hip. That's what you bring. <clears throat> I, would, you, I would do a cart. Yeah, the the, the yeah. tricycle cart with ammo, on it, just laden down. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, t-shirts, I think we should get that t-shirt. And then everybody wear them. And then, yeah. That's so, very confusing. Put me down. You're just, put me- af- after everyone's wearing them, it's just, you're just very uh, uh, <laughs> nice to everyone. Yeah. <laughs> put me down for 10. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I like t-shirts. I got and my hats. own made up. Yeah. So. Anyways, we should have him back on at some point. All right. If you'd like to send an email to Slamfire Radio, send it slamfireradio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you uh, if we've talked to you before or if you have questions for us. We'd uh, yeah, we'd love to hear from you. We'll we'll try and cover it as well. When we cover shout-outs, Treva. Okay, got? yeah, I got quite a few there, don't I? We'll just go back to the notes. Yeah. Oh, um, to the Supreme Leader. That's all I have to say about that. Who just the hell is shout the, out to the Supreme Leader? leader. Yep. And uh, to Jeff Reese, <laughs> Jeff Reese from the Calgary Shooting Center. If you don't yeah. shop there, you're a communist. Jeff lost his dad. Yeah. His dad passed away. Very sad. And so um, we are sending him all of our best. Yep. Uh, and uh, Ken Allen, 
um, member of the Woodstock Club and CCFR field officer for your brother had a heart attack this afternoon. And he's uh, waiting for updates. He's last I heard, he was in an ambulance on the way to St. John Hospital, where they do all the heart work. So yeah, so thoughts and thoughts and prayers or whatever. Cash Ken had a heart attack, so okay, not good. No. And first it was Luke, and now it's now it's Ken. All right, uh, Ian, do you have any uh, shoutouts that you'd like to do? Uh, no, I'm okay actually for now. Okay, Adriel. Nope. And I'd like to give a shout out to Brian Boulevard. Just wanted to say hi. I know that he's actually watching because he tuned in. And also, thanks for the messages this uh, this week. I miss you. Funny story about Brian Boulevard. Oh, uh, let's hear it. Uh, about 10 years ago now, uh, when I was a newbie at the uh, local range in Barrie, Ontario, Brian Boulevard actually volunteered to sponsor me and let me into the range. Oh, why did he oh. do that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't uh, sound like him. Yeah, well, he was super nice. He was uh he was a executive I think he was a, a vice at the time. And he just yeah. uh he said, Hey, well, you know, if you're having trouble getting a sponsor, I can give you a hand and he took me under his wing and did the old intro to the course and everything else. It was very nice yeah. of him. Very nice. He actually just does very, a lot of that. He's yeah. a very nice guy. Yeah. Just a poor just don't judge tell of, of uh, character. Yeah, he just obviously didn't know me, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Patreon supporters, we don't have any new Patreon supporters, but if you'd like to support us in any way, you can go on to patreon.com and go back and search out Slamfire Radio. We'd love to actually have you support us so that we can put out some content every week. Uh, Adriel will also send you patches and some things in the mail to you uh, if you do become a Patreon supporter. And uh, just make sure that you send us an email with your address, uh, name and address, and he'll send that stuff out to you. And uh, also join us on uh, the um, join one of our national firearms associations, like the CCFR. Um, if you want to drop by the um, Toronto Sportsman Show, we'll be there as well. Come by, I'll be there. Uh, say hi to us. Uh, become a member as well. Uh, check us out on Gun Owners of Canada. Uh, we have a thread there. You can uh, chat with us. We'll even talk back to you and give us a like on Facebook. We're currently at uh, two thousand three hundred sixty-eight. Woo! Have a good night, guys. And uh, yeah, you know, zombie apocalypse. <laughs> zombie apocalypse. <laughs> Lanyard. <laughs> Lanyard. Apocalypse. I can't talk. Apocalypse. Good yeah, night, everybody. You take your ecotech to the apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't me. Good night. Good night. Good night. So if you have any comments or questions for the show, please send an email to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Now go grab a gun and shoot something. When the talking is over, it's time to get a gun.